0: Good evening, time being seven o'clock, I call the July 19th, 2023 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands
1: one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty
0: and justice for all. Announcements from the chair. All citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement, opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone, or you may click the Zoom link that is on the posted agenda on the town's website. The phone number is 929-205-6099, and the Zoom ID is 885 885- six six oh three nine zero four four then you need to hit the pound sign so once again the zoom ID eight eight five six six oh three nine zero four four pound If residents are just interested in watching the meeting it will also be live streamed by Franklin TV citizens comments Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens comments. The town council will give remarks appropriate consideration and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda.
2: <laughs>
0: I'd be surprised.
2: Is that time with you
0: again.
2: Nancy Danilo, town yes. clerk, and uh, we have two elections. I'm here to speak on my favorite subject, elections. So October twenty-fourth, we have the tri-county election, and the hours are going to be from twelve to eight. I don't have any of the specifics yet, and as soon as I do, I will be back. Um, The town election, November 7th, from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m., and again, I'll be here um, as we get closer to the date, but August 1st, everybody can come and pull their nomination papers, um, 8 a.m., and if you would like, give me a call and we'll set an appointment. I'll have the papers ready for you so and go over everything so you're not there um, long. So August 1st, poll nomination papers. I need those back by September 6th. And I have all of these dates on the website and again posted on my window as well, okay? And so September 6th, by five o'clock, the signed nomination papers must be back and we'll certify them. September 22nd by one o'clock is the last day to withdraw your candidacy. And then October 28th, which is a Saturday, um, is the last day to register to vote. I will be here from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. If anybody wants to come in to register to vote, please feel free. And that's it. And again, I will be back to discuss um, who's pulled papers, who's withdrawn, as we get
0: closer to the election. Thank you. Thank you Nancy, and we look forward to your return engagements. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anyone else in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Okay, is there anyone out there in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item and not on tonight's agenda. See anything, yeah. Okay, moving forward. Next item on the agenda is approval of minutes. I uh, entertain a motion to approve the minutes from May 25th, 2023. So moved, second. Motion to a second. Discussion, additions, deletion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. And now entertain a motion to approve the minutes from June 7th, 2023. So moved. Second. Motion in the second. Discussion, additions, deletions. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. I now entertain a motion to uh, approve minutes from June 21st, 2023. So moved. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, additions, deletions. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, Let's see, moving on. The next item on the agenda is proclamations and recognitions. We don't have any this evening. They're going to be done a little bit later on. Uh, we'll move on to appointments. And the first appointment is to the Agriculture Commission, Nick Capoccia. And the clerk will read the appointment. <coughs>
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. These are appointments.
0: Oh, is it? It's just one, yeah. It's right, one sheet. It's actually all. Okay. Up. All right. So then, uh, let's read all. Yeah, I'll read all the appointments. Right the ahead. others are Cultural District Committee, Sue Cass and Patrick Conlon, Design Review Commission, Amy Adams, Jim Bartrow, Finance Committee, Lauren Nagel, and Franklin Cultural Council, Carol Fletcher, John Restino, and Gene Wolf. Clerk will
3: read the appointments. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, these are appointments. The town administrator <laughs> has recommended appointments as listed below with term expiration dates as listed below. Agricultural Commission, Nicopocha, 398 Prospect Street with the term to expire in 632 uh, 2025 Cultural District Committee, Sucas, 146 Long Hill Road with the term to expire at 6-30-2026. Patrick Conlon of 626 26 Old Farm Road with the term to expire in 630 2026 Design Review Commission: Amy Adams of 56 Jefferson Road, with a term to expire in 6/30/2025. James Bartrow, uh, 99 Pine Street, as an associate member with term to expire in 6/30/2026. Uh, Finance Committee: <coughs> Laura Nagel, of 5 uh, Manette Brook Lane, with a term to expire in 6/30/2026. Uh, Franklin Cultural Council: Carol Fletcher of 67 Bayberry Common, with a term to expire in 6/30/2026. Uh, John Rossino, uh, 29 Washington Street with a term to expire in 630, 2025. Uh, Gene Wolf, 9 Oak Ridge Drive with a term to expire in 630, 2025. Motion to ratify the appointments by the town administrator as listed above with expert term expiration dates as listed above also. Second. Exactly.
0: Okay, we have a motion and a second. Uh, discussion, Jamie?
4: All great people. There. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank thank you. Okay. <laughs> Any chance.
3: further comments or questions from the council? Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Just my usual comments. Uh, I just really want to thank everybody who stepped up to the plate to volunteer for these positions. It means a lot to the community for, for, for people to fill these roles. They're very, very important roles uh, that they're taking on. I, mean, I want to thank them very much for, for stepping up to the plate. Thank you. Um, thank you,
0: Councilor um, Jones. Uh, and I'd just like to count, thank the administration for making all the appointments on one piece of legislation. <laughs> I second that. Uh, <laughs> uh, seeing no further discussion, the vote will come on the motion to approve the appointments as read by our clerk. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, public hearings, we don't have any this evening. We have one license transaction, uh, a license modification, change of officers, directors, uh, LLC managers, Shaw's Supermarkets, Inc., doing business as Shaw's, located at 255 East Central Street. Clerk will read the license modification. Second to wait the reading. Second. Motion and second to waive the reading (laughs) (laughs) All, All those in favor of waiving the reading signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. So.
3: We need a motion. We need a motion
5: Motion to license modification change of office director LLC Shaw's Supermarket Incorporated DBA Shaw's located at
4: 255 East Central Street. Second motion and the second discussion. Jamie, uh, through his chair, through the council, uh, it's a pretty routine um, transaction. I know uh, uh, McDermott, Quilty, Milter representative from them. I think Nick Zazula is on Zoom. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Nick, but we know it's just a change of officers and pretty routine.
6: No, no thank
7: you, just joining you here from Zoom land as Mr. Chair so happily put it, happy to answer any questions, but uh, pretty administratively straightforward, so thank you. Thank you, Nick.
0: Any further questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve the license modification Change of offices, directors, LLC managers, Shaw's Supermarket, market doing business as Shaw's, located 255 East Central Street. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, we'll move on to presentations and discussions. And we're fortunate this evening to have our legislative delegation. Senator Rebecca Roush, Representative Robert Roy, both uh, very convenient to us all. So, uh, please, uh, Representative Roy, you want to
1: start off? Sure, I would be delighted. Uh, but you know what? If uh, if uh, Senator Roush could do her uh, presentation of the uh, citation first, that would be wonderful. How's that? Works that works
8: for me. If it please the chair, thank sure. you very much. So wonderful, okay. thank you. Um, I uh, I am very much looking forward to the presentation with, with uh, my dear friend and good colleague, uh, Representative Roy. Um, and it is a joy to be back with all of you in this room uh, for another yearly update. Uh, but before we get into those details, though, I want to take a moment um, to of celebration. Um, celebrate one of Franklin's finest. Um, who recently uh, received, earned an award from the state. Um, Someone who has done a tremendous amount of work and service uh, to the town of Franklin, to the broad breadth of the community here. Um, Someone I am very honored and grateful to call not just a colleague in public service, um, but also a friend. Um, So with that, uh, I wonder, Mr. Chair, if I might call up Kay Kelly. Please. Okay, hi. <laughs> uh, it is my distinct privilege and pleasure uh, to present a citation to Kay. Kay was awarded um, a 2023 Commonwealth Heroine Award uh, by the Caucus of Women Legislators um, and the uh, Statewide Commission on the Status of Women. Um, this is a, it was a tremendous field this year. The award ceremony took place just a couple of weeks ago um, at the State House. Uh, but we wanted to uh, present Kay with a citation here, um, right here in her hometown of Franklin, uh, which I don't know, read, it's a package deal, read the citation. Uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts State Senate official citation, be it known that the Massachusetts Senate hereby extends its congratulations to Kay Kelly in recognition of your 2023 Commonwealth Heroin Award celebrating your outstanding contributions to Franklin, including creating the Franklin Cultural Festival and fostering community unity through music, art, and education. And be it further known that the Massachusetts Senate extends its best wishes for continued success that this citation be duly signed by the president of the Senate and attested to in a copy thereof transmitted by the clerk of the Senate. And it is indeed signed by one of Franklin's former state senators, our Senate president, Karen Spilka, our clerk, myself as the uh, now current senator for the entirety of the town and dated today, July 19th, 2023. Congratulations and thank you for everything.
9: I really. Um, I, I, this has been an experience of a lifetime. My dad was a huge. Uh, my dad was a town councilor, president of the town council, on every committee. I grew up surrounded by uh, parents that did service to the community. We were always had Rotary exchange students living in my home. We were always dragged to events. Um, My dad's no longer around, but I I grew up that way and I'm so pleased, really, Jeff nudged me, pushed me uh, into the Cultural Council and truly it really has been, uh, at the end of my days, it'll be some of my very best experiences, particularly surviving through a global pandemic and being able to serve the community uh, through arts and culture during that time because I, I really, it was necessary and it was such a privilege to be, in that position where I could find safe programming and Becca and Jeff both came to those things as well as many of the town counselors. We were able to serve the community uh, and kind of pass a year or two under really difficult circumstances and bring joy uh, to our senior citizens, to the children, uh, to so many community members. So I, I, it really it was truly my privilege. So thank you for putting me in this position and, and certainly thank you for the recognition.
0: Congratulations, Kay, and uh, Senator Ross. Thank you for doing this presentation here.
8: Yeah. It was an honor to nominate her for the award. I was thrilled to get the notice when she got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well we do the the
1: I don't want you to think that the House of Representatives ignored Kay Kelly. <laughs> Give <laughs> her a citation uh, on the day of the event uh, up at, at the State House, and we had two rock stars from Franklin who were Commonwealth heroines. Dr. Ann Bergen was also recognized, and Kay Kelly. So I can't think of uh, finer people to represent this community for that particular award. So uh, congratulations to the two of them. Um, but uh, you know, here we're tonight to talk about. Uh, what's been happening up on Beacon Hill and how what we've been doing up on Beacon Hill uh, impacts uh, the community of Franklin. It's such a privilege and honor to represent uh, the the community of Franklin with Senator Rausch up at the State House and I can tell you uh, we are on speed dial with one another. We meet frequently and uh, talk about what we can do uh, for this community because we're aware of the stressors that you're undergoing with education funding, particularly special education, storm water contamination, affordable housing, and rising substance uh, use and mental health issues. And uh, first of all, begin by congratulating you uh, as being able to handle many of those issues uh, professionally uh, and with great service uh, to the community. Uh, did want to provide you with some updates. Uh, We are uh, operating currently on an interim budget. That's not something out of the ordinary, uh, but uh, we have a conference committee that is in the process of finalizing that FY 24 budget, and uh, I'm hoping that that's going to happen very soon. But uh, uh, some of the things that you can expect uh, that uh, clearly we anticipate will come out of that budget, Uh, the unrestricted government aid Uh, contains a a 3.2 percent increase over FY23 funding. That's going to represent just under three million dollars for the uh, uh, community of Franklin uh, in unrestricted aid. Uh, Both uh, the House (coughs) and Senate uh, bill would fund chapter 70 school aid at 6.5 billion dollars in line with the Student Opportunity Act and what that means For Franklin, you are still a community that's in a whole harmless uh, state because you get so much uh, excess aid. Uh, The state is not taking that excess aid back from you, but uh, uh, until you uh, reach uh, the point where you uh, can cover that excess, you're going to get the minimum increase, which is uh, $60 per student, and uh, that will uh, result in approximately $29.2 million in Chapter 70 funding for the uh, for the fiscal year FY 24. Special education, I know that uh, we have heard much on this particular uh, topic. And uh, I want to uh, let you know that just last week uh, the House passed a $693 million supplemental budget for FY 23 and that includes $75 $75 million to address extraordinary special education cost increases for eligible communities. Eligibility is to be determined, uh, but uh, we will fight hard to uh, see that that uh, $75 million has some dollars for the uh, community of Franklin, because I know that that uh, increase in special aid has hit every community in Franklin, and every community should benefit uh, from that uh, $75 million. Uh, Both the House and Senate bills would fully fund the state's obligation for charter school mitigation (laughs) payments as outlined in the Student Opportunity Act, and the fair share revenue which uh, was voted in uh, by the voters uh, last November and it took effect in January 1 of this year is going to include $100 million for a clean energy and energy efficiency projects at schools uh, I've long wanted the solar panels up on Franklin High. This is a great program for, uh, in which you can dip into to uh, fund that. And there's also $161 million to codify the Universal School Meals Program. We've heard a lot from folks about offering free lunches at public schools for all students. Uh, and the state is kicking in uh, where the federal government uh, ended that program. Uh, lottery proceeds, uh, we're going to authorize internet-based lottery games with proceeds going towards early education and child care. In the last session, uh, the, legislation, uh, the legislature passed uh, the Genocide Education Act, and I can uh, assure you that uh, both myself and Senator Rausch were very active in promoting that legislation and uh, getting it to pass. It was uh, tremendous when the governor finally signed it in December of uh, 2021. And we also included uh, money to fund that project, $1.5 million in the budget uh, towards funding the genocide education programs that we mandated. Franklin applied for and received a grant of approximately $35,000 from that fund, and I'm certain that it's going to uh, occur each year. In terms of local funding for uh, programs in the community, once again, our budget is going to provide $50,000 uh, for the SAFE Coalition, and that's a total of $300,000 that the state has put into this program over the last uh, six years, and that's something that Senator uh, Rauch and I have fought for very hard. Uh, the budget also includes $50,000 for the Franklin Food Pantry for uh, their building project. That brings that total up to $100,000. And that's in addition uh, to the $500,000 grant that uh, we were able to advocate for from mass development. Uh, And uh, that's a total of $600,000 that went into uh, the Franklin Food Pantry Program from state funding. $25,000 for the Franklin uh, Downtown Partnership. That's a total of $150,000 over the last six years, and $150,000 is in the budget for the Franklin Performing Arts Company. That's a, a, a program that uh, was doing things during the COVID that no other theater in the in New England was doing. They were doing live performances out in that uh, parking lot, and we thought that, that the state should thank them and help them uh, for what they did for this uh, community and this. Uh, there's that money in the budget that we fought for uh, to uh, make sure it happened. The uh, FY24 chapter 90 bond bill is also one that's in a conference committee uh, and uh, had $200 million for local road and bridge maintenance as well as $150 million in additional transport- transportation-related grant programs. What that means for Franklin is approximately $933,000 in chapter 90 funding for uh, FY24. Other local (coughs) updates I want to call to your attention, and uh, I know I've been talking to Council Fondillo and uh, Town Administrator Helen about expanding the rail trail from Grove Street down to Union Street, trying to get that spur uh, that is owned by CSX. We've been unsuccessful in getting it. I reached out to uh, Congressman Auchincloss uh, he's on the Transportation Committee for the federal government, told him of this particular problem. He has arranged a meeting with the CSX uh, uh, president and CEO uh, next Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm flying down to D.C. to uh, join Congressman Auchincloss and uh, will advocate uh, to get that spur so that the community can complete this project and bring the rail trail uh, to downtown. And you'll uh, may recall that uh, uh, your legislative delegation was able to secure $700,000 uh, for that project. And uh, I was talking to uh, Jamie tonight, and I understand that uh, the feasibility study is underway, and we should be getting some word on that within the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, we also funded an MBTA quiet zone study. Uh, for the community, and I got that last session, and I understand that uh, you are awaiting uh, the results of that particular study. Uh, we were able to secure an additional $250,000 for the Franklin Ridge Affordable Housing Project, and uh, we are going to continue to work with our state and federal partners to uh, get that shovel-ready project uh, over the hurdle. I don't think I need to tell you the importance uh, of housing uh, for this. Uh, So, a couple of things on the committee work that uh, I have been involved in. I was reappointed uh, as chair of the Telecommunications, Utilities, and Energy Committee uh, in February, and uh, we're going to continue the work that we have done over the past two years. Uh, If you want to see a brief TV uh, uh, show uh, on this topic, I did a, a panel discussion on NBC10's uh, Climate 2023 program, it's a half-hour special, it's running on NBC t, uh, NBC10 NBC right now, and uh, it should be available online in the next uh, couple of weeks. But it goes into some of the issues of where we're going with climate uh, and uh, uh, energy-related legislation, what it's going to take to electrify every home and and vehicle in the Commonwealth and some of the challenges we're facing. Last uh, session, we passed two major landmark climate bills into law. And I'm happy to report that from those pieces of legislation, the first, commercial scale offshore offshore wind project will produce power for 400,000 homes by the end of this year. And we were supposed to go out on a boat tour on Friday of this week to go and see the first installation and the progress that's going, but uh, the weather reports are not great for this Friday, so that uh, trip has been uh, postponed uh, until September. But that is an amazing accomplishment that Massachusetts is going to lead the nation in offshore wind, and we're going to build uh, from there. We also uh, codified the science-aligned decarbonization targets, uh, protected environmental justice communities, accelerated clean energy generation, attracted economic investment in the Commonwealth, electrified our transportation and buildings, and invested in workforce development and technological innovation. There's a lot more to be done. And I can tell you, uh, having uh, Senator Roush as the chair of the Environment Committee and myself doing the energy, we're going to do more to uh, uh, prepare more climate and energy and uh, environmental legislation this session, because we are at a critical point in our history and in our time. And uh, we have little time to uh, save the planet. But some of the other good news that's happening uh, in this space in addition to the offshore wind coming uh, in, by the end of the year. Hydropower is going to be coming from Quebec. You may have heard uh, about the voters in the state of Maine putting a block on hydropower coming uh, through the state of Maine into the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, that went through the courts uh, of the state of Maine, the Supreme Court of Maine, found that the vote of the citizens of Maine was unconstitutional, sent it back to the court. A jury trial was convened, and in April of 2023, the jury said that project should advance and hydropower should go to Massachusetts. That's 1,000 megawatts of energy that's going to be coming. Uh, to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, as a result of uh, of those efforts. Now, that's legislation we passed back in, in 2016 coming to fruition today. Uh, the governor uh, created a Massachusetts Community Climate Bank secured with $50 million, and that's going to boost investment towards uh, reducing greenhouse gas emissions from the, the building sector. And it's going to finance uh, heat pumps, building envelope upgrades, water heaters, high-efficiency appliances, and solar panels for affordable housing projects. And we're looking at legislation this ses- session to support and expand that program. We're going to look at siting and permitting reform. Uh, you may have noticed that it takes uh, three or four years to get infrastructure that's necessary uh, to complete the climate transition. takes forever. We're going to attempt to uh, reform that process uh, through permitting reform. We're going to look at advanced metering. Advanced metering is uh, to allow consumers and allow the utilities to get more robust information about what type of power is being used in our homes and businesses so that we can uh, perhaps uh, give uh, better rates during uh, different times of day to save consumers money and also to lessen stress on the grid. We're going to be doing more a- a- electric vehicle uh, charging infrastructure. Uh, you may have read that the mass pipe ripped out all of its uh, uh, EV charges uh, in the last month. We are going to, to uh, speed that process along to get them along the pipe You get them along every highway and as many roadways in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts as we possibly can. My vehicle is charging over at the Big Y this evening, uh, so uh, the longer I spend here, the more charge I get. Um, We're also (laughs) going to address uh, some of the concerns with the Mass Save program. I don't know how many of you have sought rebates uh, from Mass Save, but uh, those are a number of calls that I get from uh, constituents and others, and we're going to address those. Uh, We're going to look uh, for federal funding for, under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that the federal government has passed, and uh, we will uh, uh, consider and keep uh, pursuing those funds uh, for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Also, let me give you an idea of some of the bills, uh, other things that have been up to uh, in the legislature. In addition to the climate bills, uh, I worked on a bill uh, for step therapy. Now this bill is going to curtail the policy of insurance providers insisting on uh, patients using lower cost treatments before approving coverage of more expensive medications. That bill was designed to leave the decision about health care to the patient and the doctor. And that bill was signed into law uh, just uh, last year. Uh, I was honored to receive a Distinguished Advocacy Award from the American Cancer Society uh, for work on that bill. I already told you about the Genocide Education Act, and uh, uh, finally my bill addressing teen sexting and revenge porn, which I've been working on since 2015. Uh, It was developed in cooperation with Officer Riley, who was here earlier tonight. Uh, It did pass the uh, House, uh, but uh, it fell short on the last day of the session, We're going to try again. Persistence uh, sometimes pays. Some other bills that I'm working on uh, this particular session include a college and high school bill that will give students an opportunity to get college credits while they're still in high school. That's going to help us with uh, lowering college costs because the goal is to get an associate's degree before you get your high school diploma. So you'll have two years of college before you graduate from high school. I think many parents in the room will be delighted to think that their kid is going to start their junior year in college after they graduate high school. It can be done, and we're working on a way uh, to do that. Also working on legislation to increase financial compensation for people wrongfully convicted and imprisoned in our Massachusetts prisons, uh, commuter transit uh, benefits, menstrual products in schools, utility shutoffs, and, and a number of uh, energy-related efforts. Um, also, you may uh, have uh, noted that uh, Jamie and I testified on the Home Rule petition uh, to uh, uh, regarding a waiver for this community for expensive and outdated uh, printed public notice mandates. Uh, you may recall uh, that I filed a bill uh, requiring these notices to be posted online because uh, nobody was reading print papers. Uh, and that was back in 2014. It's gotten even worse, and now you folks are paying for advertising that people aren't seeing. So uh, we uh, we were received well, right. by the committee. So. Uh, I will say uh, that both uh, Senator Roush and I have a, a great relationship and a strong relationship with uh, Governor Healey and her administration and uh, happy to see that uh, some of the things that she did that will help us in our work is that uh, she appointed a climate chief who is going to uh, coordinate between the various cabinet secretaries. Uh, And the housing secretary is uh, Ed Augustus, uh, who left Dean College. He's the first housing secretary for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We maintain a strong relationship with him. And I meet regularly with our energy uh, secretary. Um, Just a a few tidbits uh, that uh, we should let Drivers and you folks know about uh, a new law, a road safety law, that uh, was passed last session but just came into effect. It requires motorists to provide at least four feet of space when passing a non-vehicle uh, road user. That means uh, bicyclists like uh, many of you in this room. If you're driving a bike, the car can't come closer than four feet away from you to intimidate you or throw you uh, off the road and we're also uh, requiring cyclists to use red uh, lights while riding at night, and uh, we're making it easier for communities to change uh, speed lines. In March, we voted to uh, extend uh, remote and hybrid meeting options for public bodies through March of uh, 2025. The folks who are in Zoom land probably uh, appreciate that, and uh, uh, you know, I continue to hear from uh, friends around the state Uh, about how Franklin is such a great model for so many uh, of these uh, uh, particular programs. And uh, finally, I met uh, recently with uh, Inspector General Jeffrey Shapiro. He's new on the job, but he's going to be offering some public procurement training at no cost to uh, every community. So I'm urging you to take advantage of that. That's a summary of some of the things that uh, Senator Roush and I have been up to, and I'm sure she's got a, a host of other things, uh, but uh, we look forward to uh, hearing your questions or any other things that you would like us to look into. But thank you for the opportunity uh, to share these pieces. Thank you for the service that you give day in and day out to this community. And thank you for giving uh, uh, us the opportunity uh, to share this news with the community.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Representative
8: Thank you mr. chair to my, my good friend <laughs> amazingly yes actually I was. I did check off a couple of things right. on my notes that, that uh, Jeff has already covered so and I will try to be quick and brief um, but uh, always a pleasure to be here with all of you um, and my my dear friend uh, as we continue to do this work together in service to the community of Franklin. Um, So you already heard about the increases to the um, UGA funds, the Chapter 70 funds, the Chapter 90 funds, uh, so I'll skip that part. Um, In addition, in the Fiscal 24 budget, um, in addition to the the Franklin-specific funding that you heard from Representative Roy, um, I was also able to secure in the Senate budget $65,000 for the continued implementation of universal mental health screening. Um, for all students in grades seven and nine for the upcoming school year right here in Franklin. Um, So I know that's been a long time priority, a a shared priority for this community, um, and so really proud to partner with all of you and with Jamie and with Jeff uh, to continue supporting that work with this allocation. Um, in addition, the, the Senate iteration of the budget, which uh, again, the House, the Conference Committee, as uh, Representative Roy mentioned, is uh, still in the process of, of uh, hammering out all the details, uh, but hopefully that will come to us soon. Um, I've just been informed that we are gonna be in votes next week, so so hopefully we'll get that done. Um, over $503 million for the special education circuit breaker. Uh, which is statewide funding, that's a pretty significant increase. Um, $230 million for charter school reimbursements, $97 million to reimburse school districts for regional school transportation costs, um, which is a 90% reimbursement rate, um, and $1.5 billion, that's billion with a B, for affordable and accessible high quality early education and to support the workforce in childcare. That is a historic investment in the Senate budget, something that especially as the only mom of kids under 10 in the entirety of our state Senate, um, something I have been particularly laser focused on and very proud that my colleagues and I were able to move that forward. Uh, That represents an increase of more than 30% over fiscal 23 as we look ahead to fiscal 24. Um, On the climate side, you heard some of this from from Jeff, uh, a significant increase to the uh, amount of funding for our um, office, Secretariat of Energy and Environmental Affairs, Um, more than 25% of an increase to this particular area. It's something that that we both work very closely on because of our um, appointments in our committees. Um, but some of the funding side, just shy of $150 million for DCR, the Department of Conservation and Recreation, to support our state parks and outdoor enjoyment. Uh, $8.8 million for the Environmental Justice Program, which Jeff also mentioned. Um, in the Senate iteration of the budget, that's more than a $7.5 million increase from last year, so we have some pretty significant increases in that space. Um, $83 million for the Department of Environmental Protection. 48 million, just shy, for the Department of Agricultural Resources, 10 million for climate change adaptation and preparedness, um, and uh, 5 million for the Division of Ecological Restoration, and 8 million and change uh, for the Department of Public Health's Environmental Health Bureau, which addressed the effects of of, uh, climate change on public human health. Uh, so we have a significant investment in this space and also um, in the space of uh, the intersections of climate change and environmental preser- preservation and protection with human health which we know is, is deeply interconnected um, and uh, further on the, on the human health side and in relation actually to the to the $65,000 that I mentioned earlier I'm very proud to have championed uh, what's called the Haysam program um, hey Sam is a youth a uh, state, Funded, state-supported youth mental health support text line. Right, so we need to meet young people where they are. Um, this idea actually came from young people in my Senate district, um, including young folks right here in Franklin who you met with me. Being... You say old
1: timers don't text.
8: <laughs> well, we're you know our thumbs are bigger, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, you know we we uh, the. Uh, in the older age brackets can can uh, often have an easier time finding a private space to actually have a phone conversation. If you're a young person, you probably don't have that, right? You're either at school with people or at home with people or other places with people. And so if you want to have a private conversation, texting is kind of the only space that you might have to do that. Um, so when we heard from young people who came to, um, what I called Student Speak, a youth town hall, teen town hall, we had adults who wanted to zoom in for it. We said, no, you're not allowed, it's just for youngsters. Um, And they came and they spoke very clearly about how they needed better and different mental health supports, and three weeks later, I had secured a quarter of a million dollars for the pilot program that launched and has now become what is called Hey Sam. Um, Hey Sam is now fully functioning, it has been fully funded, Um, we secured the full funding in the fiscal 23 budget through an amendment process, this year, because of the program's amazing success, it actually has a 100% success rate de-escalating young people um, who are contemplating personal harm and suicide. A hundred what do you know? What else do you? I don't know anything else that has a 100% success rate. but this program, this program works. Um, And it has been so successful that the funding for it, the full funding for it, was actually baked directly into the base budget that came out of Senate Ways and Means, um, which is a a testament to the great work that Samaritans is doing, operating that program, and also the work that all of of us are doing to help um, ensure that youth are getting access to that system. Um, Much more funding in the personal health space, space, but given the time, I'll kind of skim over much of that. are we doing on the tech side? Yeah. Well, it's
4: yeah, it's, it's,
8: it's rebooting. Fun. Yeah. Cool. Should be okay. okay. Um, there are a number of uh, significant provisions in that bill, both the House iteration and the Senate iteration, that put money back into people's pockets, uh, right, especially in economically challenging times, um, including increases to the Earned Income Tax Credit, the Child Independent Tax Credit, um, HDIF for housing, further housing development, low-income housing, senior circuit breaker with regard to. Uh, taxes and raising the threshold on the estate tax. Both the House and Senate raised that threshold uh, to $2 million. Um, So I look forward to seeing that final compromise bill come out of committee as well, which I hope will happen shortly. Committee work, you heard a little bit about the Telecommunications, Utilities, and Energy Committee uh, from Jeff, I I serve again as a reappointed chair by our Senate President of the uh, Joint Committee on the Environment and Natural Resources. Basically anything and everything that has to do with climate change, um, environmental protection, and planetary preservation that is not about energy and utilities, everything else comes to my committee. That's air, (laughs) water, soils, plastics, more forestry, sea marshes, everything that you can think about comes to our committee. Um, we have had five joint hearings so far, covering topics such as oceans, waterways, wetlands, water resources, pesticides, and pollinators, climate change. Uh, plastics recycling and waste management Um, and through those hearings we've actually heard testimony on more than half the bills that have come to this committee Uh, we have over 300 bills pending it's one of the largest committees by volume in the legislature Um, and we have five additional hearings coming up in the fall on topics like air pollution environmental justice um, land policy and open spaces Um, animals, fishing, hunting, trapping, and uh, septic systems. Surprisingly exciting topic, septic (laughs) systems. Um, So uh, as I mentioned, we have over 300 bills, we've heard 165 so far, we have uh, just shy of 150 left to go. Um, And uh, very much look forward to really digging in and doing some really serious work this term in this space. I also meet monthly with the Secretary of Energy and Environmental uh, Environmental Affairs um, because we have such a significant amount of work to do in this space and we're really forging the the networks and and, um, uh, collaborative partnerships that I think are going to foster that work. Um, In addition, um, some some other things that have been percolating Um, some of my high priority legislation. I filed more than five dozen bills this term. Um, They are moving through the legislative process. Um, One of those bills is, in fact, on plastics. It is called the Plastics Reduction Act. Um, It is a a sort of mini omnibus bill that covers single-use plastics to drastically reduce those single-use plastics throughout the Commonwealth. We know they are not only made by the through the use of fossil fuels, which is a, a massive pollutant to our planet, um, they are actually very rarely recycled. Less than 10% of our plastics are actually recycled. Uh, so we are just creating more and more garbage and dumping it largely into our water systems. And I recently learned that it takes 200 years, I'm gonna share this because it's just so shocking, 200 years, right, even our children won't be around to see that, for a single plastic fork to degrade. It does not biodegrade. It breaks down. Mm-hmm. It becomes teeny tiny microplastics that then enter our water, our air, our soils, our food systems, and our own bodies. Right? Microplastics are now found <coughs> in humans. We all have them in our bodies right now. And once they're in there, you kind of can't get rid of them. Um, so we need to do some pretty serious work to reduce plastics. Um, and I'm very proud to, to champion that work. Um, I also have a bill to uh, set a specific ratio for mental health counselors for students um, in schools that bill actually just had a hearing, um, several bills in voting access and um, elections and election reform continue to do that work um, and uh, a couple of bills I and mean, several bills but uh, two in particular in reproductive health and access which we know Um, especially as we consider what's happening nationally is becoming increasingly important here in Massachusetts um, as we continue to ensure that all people have access to the full spectrum of reproductive and gender-affirming care. Um, One of those bills would uh, help medical students in residency in programs um, that are in states that are now anti-abortion states uh, where they cannot get training on providing reproductive care. Uh, One of the bills that I filed would create a limited licensure process so that those medical residents could come to Massachusetts just to get that care uh, training because they they literally can't get it um, in their states of medical residency right now. Um, And then another bill, uh, which is a a much larger bill, is called the Abortion Access Act. Um, Some of you might have heard about the lawsuit um, for a pretty significant misdiagnosis um, and misread of an ultrasound that was performed at an anti-choice center not too far from here in Worcester um, that put a pregnant person's life in very serious danger, um, my bill would address that and then some. Um, so I look forward to continuing to do that work as we build upon the successes of our prior terms, um, including the, the uh, reproductive and gender affirming care protections bill that we enacted into law swiftly um, after the DOTS decision came down. Um, I was really proud to be on the team that did that work and actually legislative text that I personally wrote um, served as a compromise base between the Senate and the House um, and is now law here in Massachusetts. Um, So that's uh, some of the committee work, some of the priority legislation, other things that are going on. um, I continue to run my small business advisory council, um, which has been absolutely terrific. We've had great success. Um, we right now have three Franklin businesses, La Cantina, 67 Degrees Brewing, and Escape into Fiction, one of our newest businesses in town, um, all on the council. Um, and we've had we've had legislative success last session, um, and uh, the council also inspired a fiscal 24 budget amendment which we called Green the Garbage, um, which uh, would create, was adopted uh, unanimously in the Senate, and create a $150,000 pilot program to help businesses create back-end composting um, also helps not only to meet what what customers are looking for um, but also uh, to further protect our planet and get materials out of the waste streams. Um, In addition on the constituent service side direct communication and support for people since my first term in office we have addressed more than 2,155 questions concerns and advocacy matters just from Franklin residents. Um, and that's including correspondence by email, phone call, and letters. Um, 481 of uh, of those supports have happened this term alone, so just in the last few months, um, including a variety of casework issues, uh, like Franklin High School students who are uh, coming to talk about funding for arts education, um, helping people get their passports in collaboration with Congressman Auchincloss and other members of our federal delegation, um, and questions about mass health coverage access. Um, We are also finally now able to start doing some in-person, in-district town halls, uh, which I am super excited about. I wanted to do this since my first term and then COVID hit and all those plans got derailed. Um, So we are going to be launching those in the fall. Um, We'll be doing one right here in Franklin on October 16th. I look forward to seeing uh, all of you there, I hope, um, over at the Senior Center and we'll be providing more information um, on that shortly, um, and what about food? No oh, candy! Like food? We're gonna have some candy, yeah, because you can't have a town hall without candy, in my opinion. Um, and uh, pizza. I oh, pizza! Oh, are you springing for pizza for everybody? Oh, terrific! <laughs> <laughs> Great!
1: <laughs> Do what I
8: can. Um, yeah, you know, I, I continue to to. Feel so honored to represent this amazing town in this amazing Senate district. Um, and continue doing this work both on the policy side, funding side, and the direct support side. Um, you can catch me on you know, various media uh, pretty regularly. You can Catch us on social media. I have a monthly newsletter that goes out, monthly office hours that alternate between in-person and virtual. You can sign up on the website. Um, and uh, really grateful for the opportunity to be with you and, and, and with Jeff. And uh, to answer any
0: questions that you might have. Thank you for this time. Thank you Senator Roche. Questions or comments? Councilor Comey-Ledger. Thank you Mr.
10: Mr. Chairman. Welcome to both of you and thank you for that (coughs) great presentation. You're both doing so much incredible work for Franklin and it's truly appreciated. Um, We heard from our town clerk earlier that there will be a vote coming soon on Tri-County and we're hearing an awful lot from folks about just how tough it is right now with high costs of inflation, with we had to put forth you know, some higher uh, sewer expenses, we had to put forth a lot of things, right? So I think people are pinched. And when the Tri-County folks came to us to make a presentation, the estimate for that new building was $250 million. <clears throat> And that will get spread out amongst 10 communities. But they also spoke about how woefully unsupported and underfunded they felt they were from a state level for all of the regional uh, vocational technical schools. So I wonder if you can just speak to both our tri-county students and parents and the voters and kind of share you know, maybe your thoughts on what, if that was to pass, maybe what could you know, happen from a state level to make that maybe a little less of a burden to towns like Franklin?
8: Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, in our forthcoming, soon to be finalized, uh, fiscal 24 budget, um, at least in the Senate iteration, we've increased the regional school transportation um, allocation that does support that funding, uh, or those, those costs. Um, to a, a degree that, at least in my tenure, I've never seen before, um, so you know that, that is coming up. Um, I will say that, just in general, there's a, a, you know, there's a finite pot of money, as you all know, um, and uh, I'm certainly open to conversations about new revenue streams uh, that would be able to reinvest uh, funding into various um, government, state, and local programming, um, including education. Uh, but we have a pot of money, and, uh, and it is finite. Right, we are not the federal government, we cannot operate in a deficit. Um, thank goodness we're not <laughs> not operating um, like what's going on in DC these days. Um, but you know, there is a, a constant dialogue, um, and I'm a member of the Education Committee, so I'm hearing much more of this dialogue over the course of this term, um, about the interplay between district schools and regional schools. Um, and where where the funding belongs and um, and also cars, communications and, and discussions about school building um, specifically, which is an entity that's run through the treasurer's office. Um, you know the school building authority and how that process works. Um, it is a, a you know, again it's a finite amount of money. We have there are a lot of different perspectives um, right It's not even two sides there are many sides about uh, and many different thoughts about, Um, where our education dollars should be going. Um, You know, whether it's district schools, charter schools, regional schools, you know, what what do we do and how do we allocate those dollars? Um, And I think we, you know, continue to try to make the best decisions we can in in the moment um, with the resources that we have available to us. Um, I will say that because of the fair share amendment, we now have um, an influx of a little bit more money specifically toward the education space. Um, that is being used and and spent all of it. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, and that also includes continuing to fund the Student Opportunity Act as we roll in that funding from the legislation that we passed back in 2019, pretty sure it was 2019.
1: Just a few things that I I can add on to that. Uh, Right now, uh, one penny of the sales tax is devoted towards school building assistance. um, And I don't think there's an appetite to increase the sales tax uh, at at this particular moment. Uh, So that funding source is uh, not available. But uh, more importantly, the need for high quality, vocational education can't be understated. Mm -hmm. Um, Just today, Mm Uh, a report came out from the Mass Clean Energy Center that we are going to need 38,000 employees in the clean energy sector. Those are not all college educated uh, folks. We need, uh, we need some uh, good electricians, we need some good plumbers, we need uh, good tradespeople, people, and uh, our vocational schools are traditionally the place to do them. Um, I know that the Tri-County officials looked at uh, trying to refurbish their building. And I think uh, some of the lessons that we learned uh, in the Horace Mann Building Committee and the Franklin High School Building Committee, maybe refurbishing or attempting to refurbish a 1970s building uh, to bring it up to uh, 2023 standards and codes is not the wisest choice. So they made the choice to uh, start fresh, build new, uh, and uh, the price of schools has gone up dramatically. Uh, The more we wait, the more expensive uh, that school is going to be. I know it's a tough nut for the community, um, and a, a vote will be presented to the community, number one, to approve that school. And then uh, number two will be how to pay for it, whether you are going to allocate $2 million from your budget or whether you are going to go back to the voters to see if they want to do a debt exclusion uh, to finance that project. Not the easiest of decisions, (laughs) uh, but that is uh, is the prospect when there is demand for vocational students And when there is a demand for a a new facility to provide the resources to these students, those are the choices that uh, folks have to make, and it will be up to the voters
10: to choose the direction in which they wish to move. I had a second
0: thought,
10: and thank thank you for that. Uh, Obviously, I want to advocate for every penny we can for uh, the trade schools and vocational technical schools, but I do think it's our future for for, for many kids that are just college-bound, not that path, and we need to think about the the workforce and connect the dots on a lot of the energy and various discussions that you're having. But I hope you can, this is more of a, a state issue, but it affects us locally. I know that you both, like, absolutely aware of what's going on nationally and the fact that the news came up today about 19 state attorney generals asking President Biden for permission to get medical records on trans people is just that's alarming it's disgusting Um, and that does trickle down to affect people in Franklin people people are scared And they're really looking to elected officials, and I think particularly the two of you being our voice and our advocates on Beacon Hill as to make sure that the protections stay in place. Um, So I just hope you can make sure you make it clear that it's not the Attorney General of Massachusetts. It's it's not 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 the AG of Mass. It was 19... Let's uh, generals elsewhere, we'll leave it at that. Um, I always say, be uh, grateful that uh, you live in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Yeah. But if, if you could just maybe briefly speak to the, um, the protections in place and speak to the citizens here in Franklin that might be worried when they turn on their televisions or their social media and see news like that. We have people who um,
1: are seeking to move into the Commonwealth of Massachusetts because it is a welcoming state and so many welcoming communities in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We have probably the most extensive protections in place for all citizens of the Commonwealth, and we welcome all citizens uh, to to come here to Massachusetts. And uh, I can't think of a safer space in the entire United States of America than the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And that message, I think, uh, uh, rings clear in in what we do each and every day to protect individual rights so.
8: I'll just add that you know, Massachusetts Just not that long ago in November what how many months is November eight months ago? We elected the first openly LGBTQ governor in the nation um, She was quickly followed by another one like the next day. So now we have two right um, um, And she just recently started um, uh, something of a campaign, uh, both here in Massachusetts and also in places like Florida, um, with uh, messaging that says Massachusetts for us all, that specifically features um, LGBTQ community members. Um, this is a welcoming state, and, and I know, because I hear even from, from elementary students, uh, let alone middle school and high school students, that it is a scary time. It's a scary time. It's a hard time, um, you know. And, and certainly, we hear from adults as well. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're, if you are a person who is feeling stressed or worried about that, you, you can reach out to Hey Sam. You can text Hey Sam, and you know, you'll get a, a peer response confidentially and anonymously um, immediately. You can always reach out to either of us. Um, and, we are here to help and we are here to answer questions um, as you may have them and direct folks to resources um, and, you know, we will continue, both of us deeply dedicated to ensuring that, that Massachusetts is in fact a space for us all um, and, you know, that been been absolutely includes right here in Franklin.
10: Thank you for your advocacy. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thank you, Councilor Cuomo-Ledger. Uh, and only just to maybe answer a little more clearly uh, one of your questions. Jane, uh, Jamie and I just an hour ago spoke about the Tri-County. Yeah. Do you want to?
4: Sure. Three, Mr. Chair, really quickly. So the project cost is uh, at right now is a hair slightly under $300 million for the Tri-County school. Um, I just want to assure everybody through the MSBA process, Mass School Building Authority, um, under the current scope of what the building is. There still needs to be the final approval of the application, the vote by the voters in October, and then they get into a design phase where they get into the actual specifics of every square inch in the design. But the voters can expect a project of about 300 million, and the state's gonna cover about a third of that. So um, in the old days of MSBA, which we know very well, back in 20 years ago when it was created, Um, those percentages were higher right Um, and to representative Roy's point a moment ago we spot on a penny of the sales taxes dedicated to that fund Um, and uh, I'm sure there's bills up on the hill and other advocates trying to get that revenue source up right maybe another penny and a half or whatever the nature might be but the state's working within the, the framework and the revenue it has Uh, But still to get about a third you know 90 million 95 million paid for by the state is a pretty pretty good chunk of money Uh, But it's uh, unfortunately, it's a process as you know. Well, mr. Chairman, you know, it is what it is as they said Uh, and uh, But still the state is is doing that so that obligation will not be borne by the taxpayers Um, And I know the tri-county officials will be out in about through August and September and October, to educate people on the actual cost impact in the household and stuff like that. So, I hope that just clarifies for everybody a little bit of the, of the numbers. Thank you, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm sorry. I have a question rather saying, Do I have to wait? Uh, sure, go ahead next, Council of Thank you.
11: Um, listening to what you said, in office. Could you just give an overview of what is it five communities that are going to have to be voting on this correct is it five more oh, it's 11, 11. It's 11. 11. It's 11. Wrong. okay and what's the percentage of what has to pass how many votes for it in order to, to pass and a school be built
4: it's an right. aggregate 50% plus one simple,
0: simple majority oh, okay simple. I'm I'm sure sure people
8: people
0: Of the aggregate vote of all 11 communities
8: Right,
4: so
0: and it's and not 50 percent. It's not 50 percent in each community. No, right, 50 percent total. Six. Right, six towns. Right, yeah. six. Eleven. 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 It's, it's eleven community, ton. No, no, no. How much percentage of the other? No, no, no. Eleven towns vote. They total all the votes from all the towns together. Okay. Okay. And they it's simple. It's a simple majority. Okay. One more. Then one more yes vote, then I a no vote, I, and it passes. I, I thought went by town, but no,
10: that's yeah. okay. I guess.
11: Okay. This is Jim. Thank you. I think people will be very yeah. happy, you know, to hear how that's going because I've already been asked by people, "What if Franklin doesn't pass it? Do we still have to pay the mm-hmm. extra? We actually yes, certainly yes. have
12: mm-hmm.
11: to pay a yeah. percentage." Thank you.
12: Thank you. Council Chairman. Through you, Mr. Chairman. Hi, Rep. And uh, Senator. Uh, just a quick statement and an easy question. Um, you know, I actually mentioned this to you today, Rebecca. Um, everything comes down to money. Everything. So everything you guys are doing, I mean, you have the priorities for this town downtown. I mean, the Safe Coalition, the food pantry, all the mental health. These are the things that we need, and, and you're right on it. And and i got to give you great accolades, the, um, Genocide education, you know, I mean, just alone the Jewish and Armenian population of this town alone, you know, each person knows somebody or has someone in their family probably that went through this. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate everything that you guys did with that. And, um, so, and lastly, the affordable housing. Can you just touch on that quick? I know now we have Mr. Augustus there, that might help. Anything that's coming to Franklin in that um, round. So well, I did identify the
1: 250000 for yeah. Franklin Ridge. That's oh, affordable a, a place? yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. that's what that yeah. So that's, that's one piece. That. You but, uh, you know, uh, priority of getting affordable housing is, um, and getting people places to live uh, is a huge priority for the legislature, a huge priority for the governor, And the fact that uh, we established a housing secretary for the first time in the history of the Commonwealth ought to send a signal to people that we are taking uh, this seriously. Uh, And The other thing about it, uh, you know, it's an economic boom for communities to get additional housing, more consumers in their uh, communities, more taxpayers in their communities, uh, more patrons at their restaurants and their uh, businesses. Uh, So there's a lot to be said for, Uh, increasing the stock of housing the worst thing that you can hear and and we do hear it from some of the folks who work in our own uh, government here in in Franklin that they can't afford to live in the community where they work and uh, we need to do better on that and uh, that is certainly a priority and I do want to thank you for your comments on the Genocide Education Act I can tell you um, serving in the legislature that was probably one of the Highlights for me was being there when the governor signed that bill uh, to see it finally come uh, to fruition. The idea for that bill came uh, to me from a constituent in Medway, uh, a little old lady who sat me down to teach me about the Ukrainian uh, Holodomor, and uh, something I had never heard of. And uh, it morphed into a bill on uh, genocide uh, completely And uh, it was not an easy bill to get over the hurdle because there was so much controversy associated with it. But it was a very proud moment uh, when uh, that bill uh, came to fruition and uh, was signed. And uh, I'm so thrilled that so many communities, I think it was 183, who took advantage of the grant funding last session to offer these programs. And there's nothing more uh, that teaches you more about humanity than genocide education. Uh, Because we know, morally, that it's wrong to take the life of another human being. But it happens repeatedly. And history repeats itself. And the only way we're going to uh, change that is to develop a uh, a set of educated people in a generation that can can change that, and this is one small step in that effort.
8: I'll just add, um, I I remember that bill signing. That was a a really powerful one, actually. I completely agree. Um, In addition, as we implement that education and, and, you know, strive to achieve better understanding and better compassion, Um, among the people in the Commonwealth Um, we also uh, in the Senate budget funded the nonprofit security grant program at four million dollars this year um, because we know we still have risk we still have risk Um, and that 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 too is scary Um, but the state is you know putting money behind ensuring that people are safe um, and that people stay safe and uh, you know and that's, that's been something I've championed and, and also you know w- along with the, the genocide education we also need to be teaching people how to do this how to engage in civics and what civics looks like um, and uh, I was proud to champion um, a pretty stark increase to the civics education trust fund as well um, in this fiscal year uh, the forthcoming well technically the current fiscal year um, uh, just coming back to housing um, I'll just add, in addition to, to Representative Roy's comments, um, one of the things I hear about pretty heftily, in addition to, I can't live in the community where I work, or my kids can't live in the community where they grew up because they can't buy in, is this concept of the missing middle. I've um, seen some heads nods, so I think probably a lot of us have heard about this. Um, I mean, how, do we, how do we effectively direct funding and supports and incentives to build starter homes? Right? Homes for middle-income people who are trying, you know, making a good living, making a decent living, want to send their kids to school and be able to, you know, keep the roof over the head and, and, you know, put a little bit into that nest egg, into that biggest single investment uh, that most people make. Um, and, you know, ensure you also have food on the table and healthcare and other stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so finding that right, um, finding the right set of policy choices and funding implements um, for that missing middle is, is an ongoing conversation. and something that, you know, to, to all of you, if you hear any, any good ideas, by all means, let us know. Because um, those conversations are definitely ongoing at the state level um, right now. And actually, we just got a briefing from my, the Senate Chair of the Housing Committee last week. Um, or maybe it was the week before, a little hazy on the timeline. Uh, but we continue to, to do this work and continue to engage in this process and I think when we come back, I hope when we come back next year to do this again, um, then we'll have another update for you um, on that front.
12: Um, in closing, next time I'm in your office, Rep. hopefully I can hold that pen that was used to mm-hmm. sign that bill. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Chandler. Thank you, Councilor Chandler.
0: Uh, Councilor Sheridan. Yeah, uh,
6: thank you for everything,
0: Uh, all the environmental stuff. And uh, Senator Rush,
1: That's really exciting about the increased funding for mental health. As a teacher, I can see that. Also, the early child education. And
6: Representative Roy, thank you for the uh, real thrill. And I'm also, uh, I'm I'm still stunned. Do we actually oppose the genocide, though? Yeah.
8: People what? are opposed to all sorts
6: of things. <laughs> some people
1: didn't believe that uh, the genocide that occurred in their country was a genocide, oh, yeah. and they wanted to dispute that. Uh, you know, you, how can you call what happened in 1919 a genocide yeah. when they didn't define it until 1940? Um, so those are okay. some uh, some interesting <clears throat> conversations. I will I'll leave it at that. And uh, Senator Brzezinski, expand on the environmental justice.
8: Uh, I can, yeah. This is um, also a a joint effort between the legislature and the administration, the Healy administration, um, to create this Office of Environmental Justice um, and really do some deeply dedicated work um, in the environmental justice space. My committee here is, um, I think, receives not all, I'm sure there are some environmental justice bills that go to TUE um, and various other uh, legislative committees, But the bulk of them come to the Joint Committee on the Environment and Natural Resources, and uh, that hearing, I don't have the date for it right in front of me, but it'll be coming up in the fall, um, where we hear multiple pieces of legislation specifically about environmental justice issues, um, including um, the, similar to the citing work that Representative Roy is doing on the TV committee with regard to um, to energy and utilities, um, we deal with citing um, about waste management, for example, um, and air pollution that, that results from burning waste, for example, or incineration. Um, and there, are, there's a suite of bills that come that are going to come up for a hearing. Uh, shortly. And so, we're, so we're, we're directing multiple millions of dollars specifically into environmental justice. Um, we did some work in legislation that we passed last session, um, you know, in the plastics bill, my Plastics Reduction Act, for example, um, that deals with plastics and waste management. There's an additional um, funding stream um, from bag fees, for example, and, and fines for, for violating the rules that would be set forth in that bill um, to support environmental justice populations to be able to access cloth bags and reusable bags, right? Um, so we have you know multiple different pieces of work um, happening with regard to environmental justice, both on the funding side and on the policy side, and also on the administrative implementation side.
1: Thank you. And as far as plastic, I teach civics. And I saw, it. I had a video used to show from CNN, but Mid Midway Island, where the battle took place, mm-hmm. it's all full of plastic. Yeah, there. yeah, full. It
8: is absolutely it's terrifying. It is, it's full. We are we are literally smothering our planet. And the fish, in
1: plastic. right? and the birds eat the fish, and then the fish, mm-hmm. then the
0: birds die, okay. and then the bird disappears, but the plastic is still there. Be a plastic channel. remains. Yeah. Right. So thank, you. Thank, thank you, for everything. Frank. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor. Uh, Councilor Mangiello probably have to be a little careful. Yeah, he's very <laughs> <be> Very careful. <laughs> to <It's> too- a, <laughs> you can ask me all your
8: questions. Not, and not
0: too many softballs.
1: Uh, <laughs> he, he's permitted to throw as many softballs as he wants.
6: Sorry. For I those who don't understand. know,
7: I get um, <laughs> the unique pleasure of working in the State House um, and I don't think we always appreciate uh, how lucky we are to have the legislators that we do, that are well, well respected within the building, that have access uh, to people and opportunities, um, and that are really dedicated to um, advocacy on our behalf, and are really responsive to our needs. Uh, I really, uh, I wish I had uh, you know, a nice, a uh, strong one to, to give you, but I uh, that very... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can stop right there. That's <laughs> Perfect, And thanks for being responsive.
5: Thank you, Bill. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
12: somebody. He's a smart man. Talk to that. He's a smart He's a man. Talk uh, to that. Uh, <laughs> <top> that. <laughs> How can um, Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> right
13: through the chair, I'm kind of
12: still in shock. Yeah, me too. Stop.
13: <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's all good. Because compliments are
1: greatly accepted.
13: Yes. Um, he is absolutely correct. I think um, yes, we are really lucky in Franklin to have the two of you advocating for us all the time, uh, tirelessly. There's the list that you read today, tonight, kind of, um, I started writing it down, and then I was like, oh, I can't even write it down. I can't even yes. write it down. Um, it's really amazing that you then do all this work for the entire state in, all, in your subcommittees and those are really important roles that you have in those. Um, and I think a lot of the questions, you already answered all of my questions, I think, but there's um, the rail trail, thank you for your, both of your advocacy, for all of that, for the tunnel, for, the, for um, to keep on CSX and to go down to DC, that's amazing. Uh, permit reform is key to helping things get built, and so thank you for that work. Um, I would like, Could you explain a little bit more, Rep Roy, about the wrongfully in prison, um, how you're going to help the people when they get out? Or what, what does that uh, program include?
1: So I want you to think for a moment of what it's like to sit in a prison for 10, 20, 30 years for a crime you never committed. And with advances in science and DNA, they're able to prove that you didn't commit that crime. It uh, Happens to be a gentleman from Milford, Massachusetts. And I remember growing up in Milford. I remember this murder taking place. And they wrongfully convicted a man who sat in jail for 30 years. Now, I've been fighting in courtrooms for over 35 years. And most of the fights are, are over money. and Money is uh, you know, something that changes hands really uh, fairly freely. But when you take somebody's liberty away and you deprive them of the opportunity to do what we take for granted each and every day, uh, I can't think of a more egregious affront to another human being. And currently, under the law, we release these people mm-hmm. after they've been wrongfully convicted. Send them back out into the street with nothing. Right. With absolutely nothing. Reintegrate yourself into society. Not the easiest thing to do. So what this bill would do would give them immediate cash uh, so that they can begin to make uh, a down payment on, a, on a, um, an apartment and pay the fees associated with, uh, with the rent. Get uh, an education. Uh, It would provide them with uh, social services and a support network to help them find a job, find a home, uh, reintegrate into society. And it would also lift the cap on damages that that person can see in a lawsuit. Right now, it's capped at $1 million. Now, we ask a jury to listen to the evidence in the case. And what's been deprived from that human being? What has been taken from them? And we asked that jury, what amount of money will fairly and reasonably compensate that individual for what's been taken from them? And there was a case not too long ago where a jury announced a verdict of $33 million. That's what they valued this person's uh, taking of freedom for so many years. But under the current state of the law, that verdict was reduced to $1 million for a cap. <clears throat> Why are we asking juries to award a sum of money if we're not going to uh, take their word? Why waste their time sitting there if we're not going to do it? We want to know what will fail you reasonably calculate them. And to, uh, for taking that person's liberty, we ought to pay them what uh, the jury renders as a verdict. So this bill would provide instant cash for somebody to help them reintegrate into society, would uh, give them the support networks they have, and would lift the cap. That's wonderful.
8: Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I know it's been. Oh, did you want? I to was just going to say, I wish I kept my notes from my first year of law school because, when my very first year of law school, I actually worked on this issue. I wrote some model legislation for compensatory damages for people who had been wrongfully convicted um, um, of crimes and, and later exonerated through DNA testing. We were, we've been with the New England Innocence Project to prepare that work, and um, so it is. It's both exciting and sad that it is still happening. We, this work is still ongoing that we haven't actually solved this problem yet because I went to law school, you know, not yesterday. <laughs> um, and it should have been done already. Yes. And, and it's Absolutely. not. So I really appreciate Jeff's leadership on this. Yeah. The,
10: the other thing
1: about a cap that you should be aware of gives a disincentive to settle the case. Yeah. Right. You know, um, because we'll take it to trial because the worst we can lose is a million dollars. Right. You know, right. let's
13: make the system yeah, more not, fair. It's, it's I, I think what your bill is perp- is really great. I mean, we really needed it. Um, you see it all the time. Like, How can people actually have a life? But, so thank you for that work, your work on that. Thank you. Uh, back on your um, reduced plastics bill, which is really great. I won't go, I like rant about plastics all the time, although everybody <laughs> already knows about that. But I just think like one of the things That would be really neat to be able to include in this I don't know if it's in there or not but uh, plant-based materials Mm -hmm. some kind of new manufacturing in Massachusetts let's make um, let's use MIT in the in the material science that we
8: have in and make something that's going to biodegrade as a plastic alternative right so I was actually just in Worcester yesterday at a biotech think tank, basically, biotech startup space. And one of the startups working in that, it's like maker space for a bunch of budding biotech companies. And one of them is is actually making, right now, um, biodegradable plastic alternatives. Um, and I said, tell me more about that. And they said, you have three minutes before you have to go to your next yeah, thing. And I said, OK, we got to talk more. Um, so I, I absolutely <coughs> share your um uh, interest in this particular issue um, and I'm going to learn more from those folks and if you have any other insights about it let's talk um, because you know one of the things I hear from the folks of my Small Business Advisory Council you know they, they want to shift away from plastics right. but if you're talking about say takeout containers right if you go to a compostable alternative and you want to have a sauce it's just gonna leak all over you yeah. uh, right and so how do you make the change when you don't have um, an alternative, right? A reasonable alternative product, um, and so you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of phenomenal to think that there's there's a room much smaller than this room, right? Maybe the probably even smaller than the tech booth over here, where someone's making micro you know micro organism created material that is a plastic alternative. Right now, it's a long way to get to market um, and to figure out how to make those materials. Um, Commercially viable is a very big challenge. so Chris
1: appreciates the shout
8: out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hi (laughs) there.
3: There
13: is a crop out there, hemp. Yeah. Right? And so it could help our farmers, it could help everybody. We already know we can make plastic, plant based plastics out of hemp. Um, And so that might be something that (laughs) could go faster. (laughs) Faster alternative. Thank you, Councilman Jones. Um, I have one, just one quick question. I don't know if you know anything about an update on um, the redesigning of the flag or the seal. Has there been any um, update on
8: that? Um, Probably not. I, think, I, yeah. I haven't heard anything in the last, you know, couple months. Um, I do know the commission was meeting. Yeah,
1: they continue okay. to meet.
8: Okay, thank you, as long as they're still meeting that's fair. Right.
13: still
11: doing the work. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr.
0: Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Hamblin.
11: Councillor Playbridge, did you have another? Just um, a couple of things. First of all, thank you both for being here tonight. Very, very interesting, all the things that you brought to our attention. Um, but I'm not surprised, we do have some wonderful people in legislature that is helping our town. Um, I would like to know, uh, on the plastic bottle issue, Okay, plastic issue. Plastic bottles, can't we do something about putting a five cent refund or, um, or anything on that so that people don't just throw them out? I mean, I can walk from my house to um, Delcott's and there are numerous uh, plastic water bottles because mm-hmm. everybody's using them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the nips. Yep. I mean, what can we do about that? If we put some kind of a um, A refund, you know, to turn them in like we did with the cans. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if something like that. I will tell I you. Yeah. Answers, I will
1: tell doing. you that uh, she gets all the plastic stuff, but when it comes to the bottle bill, that comes to my community. I know it makes no sense. Uh, so <laughs> I do
8: all things
1: telecommunications, utilities, and energy,
8: comma, no sense. <laughs> and
1: the bottle bill. So uh, we have many bills before us, uh, and one of the uh, one of the pieces is to indeed add plastic bottles, add nip bottles, and perhaps increase the uh, rate to 10 cents uh, to encourage people to return. Mm-hmm. I will also remind you that this question was presented to the voters um, probably 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was overwhelming rejection of that concept. Um, the debate on that issue is, number one, is it going to harm uh, elderly or uh, uh, poorer people, if they have to pay a larger deposit. And the second uh, argument is from the folks who do uh, the curbside recycling uh, that don't require you to sort it. Uh, their biggest money maker in terms of uh, um, recycling what they take from your bins happens to be. Uh, plastic bottles and cans. Uh, I don't know if that particular uh, piece outweighs uh, the uh, need for an increase in the deposit or adding the bottles, uh, the plastic bottles, but that's something we're grappling with uh, at this very moment.
8: So I'll, I'll just add to that that, um, you know, in, in my Plastics Reduction Act, we the bill as it stands would actually ban the sale of plastic nips in the state um this is something we're seeing many communities already do um, not glass ones so you can still get it in glass but plastic right so if you want to get your you know you can still have the product just in a different container yeah, um, empty pockets. <laughs> i mean look i found i found a couple of empty plastic nip bottles crushed on my kids lily field i yeah. mean it's just ridiculous um and it is completely unnecessary and it is causing it is plastic is smothering our planet. I said it before, um, and so so the the tension that we deal with around this is uh, well there are many many points of of debate and conversation, um, including the ones that were just mentioned by by Representative Roy, um, but also every time we make new plastic, we're further smothering the planet, right? So if we're not actually doing some really significant work to curtail the production of new plastic, we are we're not doing the work, right? Because for every bottle that comes back, for every 10 bottles that come back, even through a, a rebate program, only one of them is actually gonna get recycled, right? Less than 10% of the plastics out there actually can be recycled. Um, and so there are there's some really innovative work um, going on now to uh, make plastic bottles out of 100% recycled plastic, right? So, so there's no new generation of plastic, are just reusing the old stuff and recycling. That's great, right, good job because uh, right, we're not adding to the plastic pollution problem. Um, but you know your, your liquid laundry detergent, that whole giant plastic jug, that can't be recycled um, because it's stained. Um, right, the Coca-Cola, the local Coca-Cola folks, have, uh, in fact, I think all Coca-Cola bottles, Sprite right, used to come in a green plastic bottle, it doesn't come in green anymore, it comes in clear. right, Because clear plastic is much more easily recycled. Mm-hmm. Green plastic kind of stinks, Right? so and it's much less likely black plastic basically can't be recycled right so so there you know there's there's a huge set of issues about how how plastic is created right and whether that plastic can be recycled um, and done so cleanly so it, it's a very complicated area um, and there are various pieces in in my plastics reduction act that that get at that well,
11: I'm glad you're both working on that <clears throat> one last question I had you said 25 million for for um, For the schools and the
1: state aid, 29.2 million for, okay. for, for Franklin
11: Chapter um, That's for F- that's not just for Franklin. Yeah, that 29.2 is just- for Franklin. Yeah. So that's added on to the budget mm-hmm. right now. So what I I need
1: to have it explained to so me. That it's Franklin has been getting a great deal yeah. of Chapter 78 yes. since yeah. the 90s. Okay. Uh, and when I was on the school committee, the chapter 78 was about 50% of the school budget. It's no longer about 50% of the school budget. It's more like 35, 40%. So uh, it's still a large share, and if you compare with communities around Franklin, uh, they're not doing nearly as well. So, uh, and that was the whole harmless piece that I was speaking about. Uh, Even though you're getting more aid than would be uh, eligible under the formula, you'll still get that aid along with a minimal increase of $60 per student. So I think that's something like $285,000 annually for Franklin. So your Chapter 78 will continue to go up in this community, um, but it it will cover less of a proportion of the school budget than it used to.
11: Thank you
0: for explaining that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Can we continue to go up this, like, cola? Yes. That's yes. the same amount? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, first of
3: all, uh, you know, thank you guys for everything that you do. The Safe Coalition, the Food Pantry, the, the Downtown Partnership, Franklin Ranch. I'm hoping to see that get get off, you know, off, the, off the ground as soon as we can. You know, the work you've been doing with the energy The wind project. I know that's kind of been bouncing around place to place. I hope that becomes union labor. I was talking to my apprentices earlier today. Project labor agreements are imperative as
1: part of the uh, the bid process. I was was asking my apprentices if they had their C legs, if they'd be willing
3: to go out into mountains and and start working on the project. Um, My question actually is really just kind of a general question that. Uh, is in regards to some recent excellent news, which, which you know, for as long as I've been here, it's always such a great thing to hear. Um, and this, I'm actually going to repeat a question that got posed to me in the rest of the council from a woman named Chloe from Boston.com, and I figured I'd pose this question to you guys. Uh, just recently it was announced that the town of Franklin was ranked number two was the safest communities in, in America. And uh, this woman, Chloe from Boston.com, asked a question, why do you think that? Why do you think that Franklin has been rated so highly? What's
1: your thoughts? Well, yeah, I will say the leadership the
10: of the Franklin college. Town
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, That's the right answer. That's exactly what I was
11: going And, and the
8: service of all our public
1: safety folks. <laughs> yeah, Look, you know, this is a community that values community, that looks out for one another, mm-hmm. uh, that hires the right public safety officials, you've got top-notch police, you've got top-notch fire officials. Um, And when you have that combination and that constellation of the stars, it's absolutely no surprise that uh, this is a a great community. And I also will uh, attribute the education that uh, this community provides uh, to its kids. It, It just shows you what this community values. And when you have that level of high value, um, it's no surprise that uh, it's safe, and I and I and I, I mean it sincerely when I say your leadership provides the engine that drives a safe community.
8: Right. Just to add, I think that the cultural um, you know, the cultural town designation, cultural district de- designation, and the work of the cultural council over the last several years, in particular, I think has also really come to. To foster that kind of community sense, um, and the work of the downtown partnership with the strawberry stroll, and the harvest festival—these, all these things that bring people together—and um, in addition to to your leadership, cosign everything that Jeff just said, um, and just to add on this, this additional piece: the more you bring people together, the stronger and safer community is. Kudos to you.
4: Well, my hope is with with
3: with the strong leadership from the state and the continued strong leadership from the council as well as the community as a whole, that we can actually push ourselves back to number one. <laughs> We've been many times, and I hope we get back there. But this is still a proud thing to have, and, uh, and I, do, I, I don't disagree with you at all, That is truly boils down to the leadership and the hard work, especially at the administration, the staff, and all the hardworking people that make this community a great place that it is to live and raise a family. Thank you guys, great to have you tonight. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Councilor Jones. Councillor Delarco, I get nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> get <it over. laughs>
5: no, just you know, obviously, um, you guys do a great job. Um, you know, I, I the genocide. I remember talking to you as you were going down to sign that bill, and how excited you were, and how excited we all were because that was that that was excellent. And like you say, history repeats itself. We need to teach that. And. Um, in a couple of things, I mean, obviously your, your climate change, the work you do in the climate change is tremendous. Obviously, you see the storms that we're getting now and everything, like in the heat. I work in the heat. Glenn, you work in the heat. You know exactly what we're talking about. Um, but what what are we doing with China and India? I mean the challenge is fired up far I wish I had control over what is
9: happening
5: to The
1: jurisdiction of the Massachusetts Great General Court is <laughs> not Which extended. Room? Which group? You know what? We send here's what I say on that point. I here's what I say on that point. for years we sent a lot of our, manufacturing over to uh, China. Mm -hmm. And we're beginning to see uh, uh, reshoring of that work and it it coming. The only way you're going to get them to catch up is to to hit them where it hurts and in in, in its pocket. That's great. And we saw during COVID, uh, the reliance that we had uh, on places like China in getting our supply and the supply chain disruption really opened our eyes to the need Mm -hmm. to bring things back. And uh, you can see, um, I was at a meeting this morning about uh, advanced manufacturing and uh, Massachusetts effort to get chips funding from the federal government to bring back uh, the the making of of microchips here in Massachusetts. We developed the technology. We built them here originally. And then we sent all that work overseas. Well, it's coming good. back. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to create, uh, you know, I hate to keep going back to the offshore wind, but we're trying to create a whole new industry here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, that will create uh, thousands of jobs. Uh, and uh, New Bedford is the is the classic example I like to point to. New Bedford, 100 years ago, was providing light through whale oil hundred years tenth today, they can be providing light by being the port, uh, in, uh, uh, the best port in the United States for the <coughs> offshore wind industry and uh, th- those, are the, those are the ways we're going to compete uh, with China and they're going to see uh, how well we can do and the other, the other piece is that uh, one thing we've learned is that uh, through green jobs and through renewable energy, people can make money in this industry. Oh, absolutely. So the changing and the shifting mentality, seeing that uh, there is economic sense to what we're doing in the climate space, India and China will catch on and and see that, uh, you know, this is is the way the world is moving. We have to get them to move in that direction because uh, climate change and global warming does not know borders. Uh, you know, it doesn't stop at the Atlantic coast. It doesn't stop at the border lines between states. Uh, it moves wherever it can. But Massachusetts has always been a leader in this space, and we're going to continue to lead, and we hope uh, that the nation and the world will follow us. Okay, I hope so. Um, a couple other questions. Um, um,
5: you. you I, I worked with a young lady this past winter. Um, she made $41,000, and she was renting in a, an apartment from a family member. She wasn't paying a lot of money, so she called me because she needs fuel assistance. So I you know, sent it to the senior center, and I, I said, oh, you'll get it easy. $41,000 is not that much money to be making, paying rent and living on your own and everything like that. So if you could, could you, could you, because I felt kind of stupid afterwards. with me. She got a, a letter back from the state saying that she made $3,000 too much. So, I mean, when you efforts, work and try to get some of these, some of that up a little bit so, you know, people can work on, you know, getting some fuel assistance because that was,
1: that's totally not right. Well, we're going to get that person to change from a fuel-sourced uh, system to uh, an electric heat pump, and we'll get yeah, some assistance. Yeah,
5: electric side. heat pump, and that's going to cost her a thousand million dollars.
6: We did, we
8: did do some work on on the fuel assistance program in the last term, particularly in the in the peak of COVID, um, I mean, when people were were really, really struggling. Um, I don't have the current figures off the cuff, um, but that's something
5: we can, you know. Yeah, no, just, to, I, I mean, to, it's just something i want to I'm gonna bring to your attention. Yeah, thank that's you for helping
8: so.
5: us um, You know, I just, I thought it was easy, you know, because, well, you know, I don't think there's any middle class anymore. I think it's just either poor or rich. Yeah. That's all you are, either poor or rich. I don't think there's any middle class. Not when we were younger. You know, my father worked one job. We, we lived fine, we were good. We work two jobs now. We can just barely make it, too. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it is. Yep. As far as the trades go, in Council Jones will probably definitely agree with me, we're in a big trouble if we don't get it. In 10 years from now, we're in really big trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a workforce I perspective? From diff- a Dif-
4: diff- Dif- f- skilled labor
5: Skilled labor. Yeah. Skilled yeah, labor. Majors. Sorry. No, he's right. Skilled labor. But um, I get a job over a mass not for, for a mechanic. She fifty dollars and ten cents an hour. I get three people that apply. Years ago you'd have three thousand. And so I'm just saying that's the trend going. So hopefully Troy County and I mean I didn't go to trade school, but I wish I did. But um, I had to learn that on my own. I had my cousin kick my butt. <laughs> Besides that, but yeah, you know, we need to get some more money in more things in the than trade to. Teachers like Councillor Jones with his electrical stuff and yeah. but outside of that you guys do a great job and I I think I can't thank you enough for everything you do for us. Thank, thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you, you Councillor Delarco. And I'll end with a few asks.
1: you get the last word. I get the last word. It's good
0: to be just here. a few asks uh, to take back to the State House with you. Uh, obviously chapter 70 money we appreciate the the cola increase, Uh, the minimum increase which I totally understand because I was here when I was there on the school committee when we were getting more than everybody else but now it's a little different story hopefully that minimum can increase in a little higher percentage Uh, it again, did go from $30 to $60 yeah.
1: per student, so we, yeah. we doubled what the government yeah. wanted.
0: And the chapter, chapter 90 money, uh, again, very much appreciated, but again, those dollars are needed. <laughs> <laughs> More dollars are needed. Uh, and to answer your question, which I know you already know the answer to, uh, Franklin High School is built to take solar panels on the roof. We just need somebody to give them to us. (laughs) China's (laughs) talking. And Franklin Ridge, we appreciate the the state funding that we're able to get, but we're still a long way from putting a shovel in the ground. Anything you can do to help us get there faster Mm -hmm. would be greatly appreciated. getting the special ed circuit breaker money back uh, back on online. We very much certainly appreciate that. Again, won't get into the unfunded mandates because we've all heard those uh, forever and I don't think those are going away anytime quickly. Uh, broadening the Mass Save program, I think, would be really wonderful for everybody. Uh, And lastly, uh, and this is just something that near and dear to my heart and as we move forward, as we talk about Tri-County, once upon a time the state MSBA had a wonderful program. It was called the Model School Program Mm -hmm. and Franklin was a benefit benefited from that and, then, and people have no idea how much that uh having that program in place when we built Franklin High School. When and just to put it in perspective, uh because of that program, and I understand why they stopped it, but uh I don't. You well maybe someday uh, uh, you can deny me a or again. <laughs> What was happening was uh, the same architect, everybody was picking the same model school, so the same architect was getting all the work, and the contractor that was building them, the same contractor was getting uh, all, the, all, the, all the contracts. Mm-hmm. So the, every other architect in the state, and every other uh, contractor in the state said, hey, wait a minute, we're not getting any of the pie. Well,
1: design my a answer,
0: building. design a better building, or build a better building because clearly Franklin saved 20% minimum on the models on being able to build uh, Franklin High School as a model school there. Oh, yeah. Put that in perspective when you talk about Tri-County, 270 or $300 million, 20% of $300 million is $60 million. If that program was still in place, uh, please take that back and have that argument with the state because it is crazy that we stopped that program. Uh, again, I'm off my soapbox. Heard <laughs> loud and clear. <laughs> Chair. Okay, uh, Jamie, any, anything? Oh, is there anyone in the audience that, uh, in the council chambers that? Has a question? Sure. What? Sure, Jamie, would you like to I, I'm sure they've met Amy, but would you like to formally introduce Sure? <laughs> <laughs> and
4: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome I to the Friedman Town Council meeting. Yep. Yeah, Jamie Helen, I'm the town administrator, and I am introducing to you the new Deputy Town Administrator who Senator Roush knows very well because she was just in Wellesley for three well, and a half years, guess,
13: uh, yes. which <laughs> Senator
4: Roush represents. And I know Representative Roy uh, and I had a meeting last week uh, with the town of Medway discussing Tri-County. And nothing got acclimated, but we're welcoming Amy Frigilietti as our deputy town administrator of the town with almost two decades of experience. Of course, she works at the State House as well.
8: We're very
0: excited to have her. Thanks. Thank you, Councilman. Congratulations. Hey. <laughs> Senator Roush, Representative Roy, uh, I would just piggyback on the softball from Council Fon Everything <laughs> he everything he said was emphatically true. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all you do for Franklin and for <laughs> the other towns that you serve, but especially for us here in Franklin. We thank you for all you do and all you will do for Franklin no. moving forward.
8: Thank you all. Thank, thank you, you, Mr. Chair. Thank, thank you, you, you. Councillors. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Okay, moving on. Legislation for actions, bylaw amendment 23-900R. Chapter 170, vehicles and traffic, article four, stopping, standing, and parking, subsection 170-15, parking prohibitions and limitations, D, parking prohibited, downtown parking map amendment. Second reading, clerk will read the bylaw amendment.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. and This is by number 23 900R, uh, Chapter 170, Vehicles and Traffic. A bylaw to amend the Code of the Town of Franklin at Chapter 170, Vehicles in traffic, and Traffic, Article uh, 4, Stopping, Standing, and Parking, Subsection 170 15, Parking Prohibitions and Limitations, D, Parking Prohibited. Being enacted by the Franklin Town Council, the Chapter 17 Code of Town of Franklin, uh, Franklin, Vehicles and Traffic, Article 4, Stopping, Standing, Parking, Subsection 170-15 Parking Prohibitions, implementation D parking prohibited is hereby amended as such the only revision to this is under D parking prohibited it says one downtown parking district boundaries are those contained on the map captioned downtown parking district prepared by the town Franklin engineering department dated July 13th 2016 and revised this is what's changed and revised through the effective date of this legislation the original which is on file the town clerk and the copy which is appended here two as attachment one Prohibitions and limitations of the streets contained within the street district shown on set map. This bylaw amendment shall become effective on and after August 2nd, 2023. And the map currently on file with the town clerk, as most recently advised, shall remain in effect until August 2nd,
12: 2023. Move bylaw amendment 23 900R. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Jamie? Through uh, so Mr. Chairman, through to the
4: council. So um, tonight, just for the folks at home, Couple small tweaks. This is the final and second reading of uh, the parking bylaw map. Um, just for the folks that were watching uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of tweaks. One is the T had moved up one of the trains to I believe 5:08 a.m. Maybe that's a sign that a few more people are getting up early and taking the commuter rail to Boston, which is good. But um, so we had to change the no over uh, the, uh, the no overnight parking. Um, to make sure originally it was 6 a.m. but obviously we don't want to give those commuters tickets. Um, and then that led to uh, further discussion at the last meeting where we all celebrated an enormous compromise um, to have the no overnight parking uh, in the lots uh, Sunday through Thursday, you know, the nights people traditionally don't go out really, really late. Um, and so the no overnight parking will be from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. midnight to, tw- midnight to 5 a.m. <coughs> And uh, and then on Friday and Saturday, when um, maybe we'll become a bustling nightlife in downtown Franklin again, into the wee hours of the morning. The no overnight parking is from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. And uh, as we heard from the chief at the last meeting, um, this should work out well from everybody's perspective, given the fact that there's some um, some varying opinions. And then also the other tweak to this is to just simply put in um, two-hour parking uh, the Davis There lot, so that a lot of people don't. Put their cars there overnight for weeks and weeks and weeks on end um, so those are from eight to four each day um, but um, there'll be free parking um, in the afternoons and early evenings and also the weekends for patrons of the library downtown festivals mm-hmm. and also where the cars are really parked is for the little league games um, and so that should work out well uh, until the Davis state reuse committee uh, decides to send me a recommendation so legislation passed unanimously at the last meeting and this will be the second uh, reading and um, the last comment I make Mr. Chairman I think some other counselors have used the new kiosks Um, the good news is I've not received any complaints yet Um, so that must mean a good thing Um, and uh, expect some publicity uh, over the next few months um, of trying to I think people underestimate the change here it used to be all parking permits on a quarterly basis, was, our lots have never been open for daily use on a first come first served basis. So we're going to try to do some micro targeting ads uh, out on social media for uh, promoting downtown free parking at night for commerce, retail, uh, eating out. Um, but we're we'll also uh, talked to Lily this week about doing some ads trying to um, educate people that commuting parking um, is available on a day on day basis that was one of the things that we did here from the pandemic was I don't want to pay for four months or three months right I just want to go I'm going into Boston now twice a week right. but I can't park there because I had to buy a parking pass for three months um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know I just even saying that is like kind of stunning that we used to make people buy them in quarterly rates right so um, I think we're going to try to do some encouragement uh, for folks that are commuting into Boston to use the train uh, whether it's sports games work Play, whatever um, and so once this is ratified hopefully tonight um, we
0: can move forward with some of those communication tools. Thanks. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? <laughs> Councillor Hamilton. Thank you Mr. Chairman. Just really quickly, um,
13: really excited about this. I want to thank Chief Lynch and Lieutenant Riley who was here earlier for their help at the beginning, my colleagues on the EDC, Council Delorco for his wonderful um, (laughs) (laughs) idea. (laughs) Uh, And um, I used one of the kiosks the other day, well actually, I actually used an app on my phone to park, Mm -hmm. to catch the train, and go into Boston to a um, MMA policy meeting. And um, it just was really nice to know that I could have a place to park there, that I didn't have to go to Norfolk all the way down to uh, Forge Park. I could park right downtown Franklin. where I like like could hang out down there. So, um, thank you to everyone. I think this is a big deal, and um, I think Jamie's right. But um, and thank you all. This is like awesome.
0: Very good. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you Councilor Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to uh, approve. Bylaw amendment twenty-three nine hundred R. All those in favor no, signify no, sign no, call vote. Oh roll call, sorry. A majority roll call votes required. So clerk will call the roll.
3: Go ahead. Yes. Charity. Yes. yes. Chandler. Yes. Dillo. Yes. Allegry. Yes. Hamlin. Yes. Jones. Yes. Vice Chair. Yes. yes. Chair. Yes. And
0: zero, sir. Motion carries. Zoning Bylaw Amendment 23-894 to amend Chapter 185, Section 3 of the Code of the Town of Franklin to add Accessory Dwelling Unit, ADU definition. Second reading, clerk will read the bylaw amendment. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This
3: is Zoning Bylaw Amendment 23-894, changes to subsection 185-3 uh, definitions accessory dwelling unit definition is only bylaws to amend chapter 185 section 3 of the code of town of franklin being enacted by the franklin town council the chapter 185 of the code of town franklin said by amended in section subsection 185-3 definitions by adding the following text uh, subsection One Hundred and 3 definitions accessory dwelling unit or adu a self-contained dwelling unit inclusive of sleeping cooking and sanitary facilities incorporated within a lawful principal single family or two-family dwelling or within a detached building accessory to and on the same lot, and in the same ownership as a lawful principal single-family and two-family dwelling use. The owner of the record shall live on the property and the ADU shall maintain two means of egress either directly from the outside or through entry hall or corridor shared with the principal dwelling, sufficient to meet the requirements of the state building code. The ADU shall be no smaller than what is allowed by state building code regulations and no larger than 900 square feet or 50% of the principal unit. Whichever is less and shall contain no more than two bedrooms. All public utilities shall be shared with the principal uh, primary residence, and a foregoing zoning bylaw amendment shall take effect in accordance with the Franklin Holdoldold Charter and Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 48, Section 5.
5: Move Zoning Bylaw Amendment 23 894.
0: Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, Jamie. Uh, three, Mr. Chairman. So
4: the bylaw, as everybody knows, the accessory dwelling units uh, uh, legislation for action. The next three, B, C, and D, all address the ADU issue. Just for clarity, the one um, that we're on now is just the definition. Okay. And this is one of the pieces of legislation that was passed unanimously from the EDC to the council to the planning board back to the council. So this is not the legislation that had some debate, this was a legislation that everybody agreed on. I hope that made it easy.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr.
13: Chairman. Um, And also, it went through the steering committee of the Franklin for All project. I just want to add that in there so we had, there were many, many people that um, had their hands in this, and I want to thank everyone involved, town staff, um, the steering committee, the EDC, um, and I think Amy Love worked hard on on the ADU this um, on this legislation. So
0: um, I wanted to thank her as well. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Hamlin. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to move zoning bylaw amendment twenty-three eight nine four. A majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Sheridan? Yes.
3: Tommy Ledger? Yes. Angelo? Yes. Chairman? Yes. Emblem. Yes. Boydrey? Yes. John Jess, Vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes.
0: 9 zero, Motion carries. Zoning Bylaw Amendment 23-895R as further re- revised to amend Chapter 185, Attachment 8, Use Regulations Schedule Part 7, Accessory Uses of the Franklin Town Code to Add Accessory Dwelling Residential Units. This is a second reading. Clerk will read the bylaw amendment.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, This is the zoning bylaw amendment 23-895-R as further revised, the zoning bylaw to amend the Franklin Town Code at at chapter 185, attachment eight, use regulation, Schedule Part 7, Accessory Uses. Be enacted by the Franklin Town Council the Chapter 185 of the Code of Town of Franklin is hereby amended by the following additions and deletions, deletions at subsection 185 attachment 8, use regulations schedule part 7, accessory uses. Under uh, the attachment 185-185 180, attachment 8, all the way down to the bottom, I'm sorry? 821.
6: 821.
3: 821, accessory dwelling unit residential uh, unit changes. Uh, the changes, as you can see, are across the board all the way from uh, BA, which I believe stands for used as authorized under special permit according to the Board of Appeals, all the way up to uh, Commercial 2, and then on, what's DC? That's a good question. I'm sorry, up to DC, and then business uh, all the way up to industrial L1O and MBI, mixed business is not part of that accessory dwelling unit. That's all the that changes from that event. The foregoing zoning bylaw amendment shall take effect in accordance with the Franklin Hall Charter and Massachusetts General Law Chapter 48, Section 5.
5: Move zoning bylaw amendment 23-895R. 2nd As, As further revised.
4: As further revised.
0: Second. Motion on the second. Discussion on the motion. Jamie. Uh, through Mr. Chairman,
4: so this is the one um, that had a debate between the steering committee, the council, the planning board, and back to the council. Um, the last vote and the first reading was uh, seven to two a majority. Um, the issue here is on the use table, the accessory use table. Um, the current proposal before everybody is that accessory dwelling residential units in all of the residential districts, including C1 and C2, um, will require board of appeals approval. Um, and then obviously, um, well, I guess, shouldn't say obviously, but just for the public to know, um, these have always been a no as a use in the commercial districts, business, office, mixed business innovation, um, you know, industrial, etc. Mm-hmm. obviously, because there's no res- very few residents in there. So um, happy to answer any questions. And uh, Brian, uh, who's also worked on this bylaw quite a bit, um, is in attendance
0: tonight to answer any questions from folks. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Hamlin. <laughs> I didn't even say anything this time. I
13: was like, come on, let's just, let's just do it. Um, um, we did, we did uh, discuss this a lot. We had got Gus um, Brown here to um, explain his side. Uh, I think uh, we've, we've come a long way. We have more to go. Um, but um, let's, I think we should just get this done. Get it done.
1: <laughs> 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 is that okay?
13: <laughs> that's that's,
0: that's, that's <laughs> Council Any other questions, Council Joel
7: Yeah, thank you. I uh, the term came up today that I was hoping to elaborate on and, and talk about why um, I'll be voting in favor of um, the, of this piece of legislation. Uh, the term that came up is uh, missing middle. So if you don't know. Uh, missing middle uh, housing refers to all the housing forms that exist between single family homes and large apartment complexes. And uh, there's a whole bunch, right? So that could be duplexes, um, uh, fourplexes, triplexes. It uh, could be uh, townhomes, cottage courts, mm-hmm. uh, accessory dwelling units, uh, amongst those. and Uh, What we've done is we made it really difficult uh, to build anything uh, in that range, Um, and so the things that are are only financeable are uh, the single-family or the uh, large apartment complexes. At some point, if we are interested, if we recognize that it's difficult to afford housing uh, in Franklin, we're interested in combating that. Then the steps that we need to take involve setting a vision for what the town uh, could look like, and then removing impediments to building middle housing types within uh, those spaces if they match uh, the vision uh, that we've laid out. Uh, That is going to be our number one uh, opportunity to increase the supply of housing types that are affordable to. Younger professionals, aging people in town, people that currently struggle uh, to find housing opportunities available to them. What this measure does is does take a step a step toward that, right? What it does is say, if you are interested in building an accessory dwelling unit, we now have a formal process. You can come forward. It's clear um, what it is. It's is clear to the planning board uh, what needs to be done. And I hope that we a get more applications forward, and B, that we get more uh, applications uh, approved. I do want to recognize it's a small step. And if we want to really combat this in the way that I think we do so that people like me can continue to live in Franklin, then then we're going to need to do more uh, in this direction. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Councilor Frangelo. Councilor Jones.
3: Mr. Chairman, I'd just like to to thank Councilor Melanie Hamlin for all the hard work and effort she's put in as chair of EDC and, um, and she's, she talks a lot about that and everybody but I just wanted to let her know that she's mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Councilor Le- Jones. The answer's no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other, <laughs> any other Stop, questions? <laughs> <laughs> it's not
3: an election yet. Seeing <laughs> see,
0: <laughs> see no other comments, the vote will come on the motion. To approve zoning bylaw amendment 23-895R, a majority roll call as vote. As further, as, as further revised, uh, as yes. further revised uh, majority roll call vote is required. Clerk will call the roll. Frangillo. Yes.
3: Hamlin. Yes. agree. Yes. Sheridan. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Tommy Ledger. Yes. Jones, yes, vice chair. Yes, chair. Yes. It's nine zero,
0: sir. Small steps, and this is a step I believe in the right direction. And I want to thank again, as Councilor Jones just did, uh, the Franklin for All Committee, the uh, Planning Board, our administrative team. People have no idea how many hours went into getting this legislation passed and I want to thank them all for that. So moving on, Zoning Bylaw Amendment 23-896 to amend Chapter 185, Section 19 of the Code of the Town of Franklin to add on accessory dwelling unit setbacks. Second reading, Clerk will read the bylaw amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
3: This is zoning bylaw amendment 23-896. Changes to subsection 185-19, accessory buildings and structures, accessory dwelling unit setbacks. The zoning bylaw to amend the chapter 185, section 19 of the Code of Town of Franklin being acted by the Franklin Town Council that chapter 185 of the Code of Town of Franklin is by amended at section, uh, subsection 185-19, accessory buildings and structures by adding the following text. This is, this is 185-19B6. Accessory dwelling units within a detached building shall be located no closer to the rear or side lot lines that, than stated in subsection 185-19B1 through 5 above, or as stated in subsection 185-attachment 9, a schedule of lot area, frontage, yard, and height requirements, whichever is greater. The foregoing zoning bylaw amendment shall take effect in accordance with the Franklin Home Charter and Massachusetts General Law Chapter 48 Section 5.
5: Move zoning bylaw
4: amendment 23-896. Second. Motion and second.
0: Discussion,
4: James. Uh me, Mr. Chairman, I jumped the gun a little on the claps. I forgot about the last vote. <laughs> but I was okay. so excited okay. that everybody voted okay. yes. Okay. It, Do it. it took wait. six months, but Really, congratulations <laughs> to Council for Joe, Council for Sheridan, and everybody for at the final goal line. Everybody got on board with that, and that was really awesome. So I had to clap, it just came out. But there's one more bylaw. Everybody already voted yes on this through numerous hearings. It's dealing with the, assess- excess, uh, the setback requirements. Uh, we clap that's you it. Done. I'd love to. Absolutely. Uh, it deserves it after the amount of hours, but it I appreciate your comments, Mr. Chairman, of how many hours have gone into all of this, and everybody, so thank you.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Hamlin? I wasn't, I wasn't
13: gonna say anything. No? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, yeah, um, this is the third one, so we need to do all three, and then we'll clap.
0: <laughs> okay, any other questions or comments? No. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to move bylaw amendment 23-896 again Majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Cormier ledger
10: Yes.
3: Sheridan? Yes. Chairman? Yes. Jillow? Yes. Legree. Yes. Hamlin? Yes. Jones? Yes. Vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes. And zeros.
0: Great job by all. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Resolution 23 45. Authorization for intermunicipal agreement with County of Norfolk for County of Norfolk to provide sealer of weights and measures services to County of Franklin. Clerk will read the bylaw amendment.
3: <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 23-45. Authorization for intermunicipal agreement with County of Norfolk for County of Norfolk to provide sealer of weights and measure services to Franklin. Whereas Franklin is in the need of, uh, of a person to provide sealer of weights and measure services, and whereas the County of Norfolk here and after, known as the County, intends to employ a person as a sealer in weights and measures and is willing to make said person available to Franklin to provide services in consideration of Franklin's payment of compensation to County, and whereas the proposed arrangement, which would be the subject of written intermunicipal agreement between Franklin and a county a draft copy of which is attached to chair two as exhibit 1 would benefit both governmental entities and whereas an intermunicipal agreement is governed by provisions of general law chapter 40 section 4a which requires that each governmental entity authorizes the agreement <clears throat> now therefore be it resolved that the town council of the town of Franklin hereby authorizes the town administrator pursuant to general law chapter, chapter 40 Section 4A to negotiate and execute an intermunicipal agreement with the County of Norfolk in substantially the form attached here to as Exhibit One, which agreement will provide for county to provide sealers, weights, and measure services to the Town of Franklin to receive compensation. Therefore, provided that said agreement may contain provisions for its extension uh, and such other terms and conditions the Town Administrator determines to be in the Town's best interest, this resolution shall become effective according to the visions of the Town of Franklin. Move we'll charter. Move resolution 23
4: 45.
11: Second.
0: Motion to
4: second. Discussion, Jamie? Uh, so, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I think everybody's aware from the building commissioner that the sealers of weights and measures kind of deal kind of changed with the state for towns over 20,000. Um, we did work on uh, a, a regional agreement, um, and I'm pleased to put before you uh, legislation it's just to authorize me to enter into the agreement like tradition. Um, but as you can see from the memo, um, uh, we're in a, essentially a regional service agreement um, with the county, uh, which also involves the towns of Needham, Canton, uh, as well as Rentham. Um, I do expect additional communities as this becomes a success to probably opt in, in future years, which will lower the cost. But um, there's your original four right there. Um, and I know uh, the building commissioner was unable to attend tonight, um, but as we all know, he's a busy guy. And he endorses this and is very excited. He also does know, uh, I think his name is Al, I might have got that wrong, but the guy they already hired, uh, Gus does know very well and supports the appointment from the county. So um, this is a full suite of services. They do everything, including the cannabis facilities and some of the modern day uh, weights and measures that have to be done. Um, The last note I'd make, Mr. Chairman, is Our fee schedule is is pretty good, relatively speaking, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The county is helping us, those four communities, um, try to get to a commensurate level of fees. They might differ a little bit beyond the communities, but we're really working with Needham. Obviously, it's a very easy comparable between the two communities. Um, So we probably will come back later in the year um, for a review of the fee schedule for uh, Seahawks and Wainson Measures. The bylaw needs a little bit of cleanup. Um, on our end um, and so once the county has done that for us
0: I'll bring that before the council. Thank you. Thank you Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Council of ledger Thank you Mr. Chairman. Uh, Jamie just
10: remind us how much did we budget for that position in the FY24? Uh, it was about 34000 35000 And how much will this shared, like our portion of the, you know it's a four-town shared, but how much will it cost us to be part of this agreement? The initial setup is 25000 So it's actually budget savings? It's actually budget savings. That's fantastic. So far, so good. OK. It, it
4: is, and uh, through Mr. Chairman, to that point, uh, the capital committee members that they did uh, offer some, uh, some equipment money to uh, to that. Um, so we still have to work out the details of where the equipment goes, how the town gets reimbursed for that. Um, if it does, um, and some some of those uh, mechanicals still have to be worked out. But, um, structurally, this should be a savings for the community of about $10,000 in
10: budget. So I do, just for clarification, are, are when we vote on this, are we voting to give you authorization up to your budget number, or are we voting on no number at all and just to give you sort of the authority to negotiate? Uh, the latter, it's the authority for
4: me to enter into agreement with the county. Has, the vote tonight has nothing to do on financing at all. That money is already in the town budget. Already
12: voted for that. Okay, thank you.
0: Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 23 45. A majority votes required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 23 46 acceptance of and authorization for town administrator to execute conservation restriction on two open space parcels at Brookview Condominium located off Palm Street. Clerk will read the bylaw amendment. Thank
3: you, Mr. this is Resolution 23-46, acceptance and authorization of town administrator to execute conservation restrictions on two open space parcels. Motion
0: to waive the reading. Second. Motion is second to waive the reading. All those in favor of waiving the reading, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries.
5: <laughs> Move resolution 23-46. Second. Motion in the
0: second. Jamie, short summary. Mr. Chairman, this is
4: the, the small pieces of open space at the end that are adjacent to the brook. Oh, okay. For those of you who know the old, Pond Street sewer beds, Uh, the council sold the land eight years ago, seven years ago, they're now condos at the end near the river. Um, There's some open space that was part of the planning board decision, Um, and through the town attorney we've been able to finally get uh, all the documents, the T's crossed, the I's dotted, Um, and now
0: this is the formal acceptance for town land. Thank you. Questions or comments from the council? Council Frangillo
7: i would just say i've walked the land it's a, it's a nice little uh walk and it, they do a good job even though you're entering a condo um, mm-hmm. a neighborhood they do a good job laying out here's the parking good. for uh the the trail head uh, nice. and, and then they have you know actually decent signage for yeah you know, as far as
0: our our small trails go yeah, great yeah. thank you council for councillor delocco thank you sir. i uh jamie why don't we when this all
5: was going back years ago, I think were we gonna like put a boat ramp and stuff down there. Were we gonna make like a little park down there.
4: It was a canoe launch. It could be probably whitewater rafting after the last two months, yeah, but, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a small yeah. little canoe launch. Yeah, something um, like that. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah,
4: pretty, pretty tight to navigate. But, Is it you know, for the, the adventurer? maybe Councilor counselor for oh. you know, for the adventurer. it was my old days. I'd yeah. go down there and plop in, but. You know, you know it could know, work. Uh, it would be tough it was to have, ambitious. It'd be tough to have a drive up boat ramp. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
7: so yeah, exactly. you'd have to already be want to be an adventurer that's gonna right, do a little like carry it. Through it,
5: through, it, boat through boat it pretty
7: tight. You know, pretty tight. tight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Just wondering. Uh, like, Any other questions or comments? <laughs> wow, that's good. That's good. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution twenty three forty six Majority votes required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carried. Resolution 23-47, gift acceptance, Veteran Services Department 600, Fire Department 300. Clerk will read the bylaw, I'm sorry, read the resolution.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, this is resolution 23-47, acceptance of gifts, Veteran Services Department, Fire Department, whereas the Veteran Services Department, Fire Department have received generous donations. Total amount nine hundred dollars be used at the discretion of each department as follows: donations to the Veteran Services Department six hundred dollars for the Municipal Assistance Fund. Mm-hmm. Donations to be used at the discretion of the Veteran Services Department through the Municipal Assistance Fund for support for local veterans and their families. Uh, the Fire Department three hundred dollars donation will be used at the discretion of the Fire Department towards the purchase of safety and other related equipment and to fund departmental programs. <coughs> List of all donors is included in the 719-2023 Town Council meeting agenda packet. Now that will be resolved that the town council, the town of Franklin, on behalf of the Veterans Services Department and the Fire Department gratefully accept these generous donations to be used at the discretion of each department for the purposes noted above. resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the town of Franklin whole charter.
5: Move resolution 23-47. Second.
0: Motion and a second. Discussion, uh, again, just to thank you uh, to mm-hmm. the continued support from our groups, groups and individuals within the community who continue to support us. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, any other questions or comments? <coughs> Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve Resolution 23-47. Again, majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Uh, aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you one and all for the all the legislation for action we had this evening. County administrators report?
4: Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of updates that I'll forget, but really quickly, uh, seeing Lieutenant Riley reminded me earlier, um, off the line, we all give him a clap, but um, I do want to congratulate uh, Lieutenant Jason Riley for being our most recent graduate of the MMA's uh, master's Suffolk uh, Administration Program, which is a year-long class, it's half of a master's degree. Uh, Lieutenant Riley just graduated with another class of thirty folks across the Commonwealth. Met you know staff from across the state. Um, he is our actually our fifth grad, uh, including Lieutenant Zimmerman, uh, Deputy Chief Joe Barberi, Town Engineer Mike Naglio, and I had to save the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> Brutus can <Cannon>, Reggie, <laughs> a ham of hams, uh, but in all seriousness all five of those folks um, spent a year of their own time um, doing those classes um, and I think to the point we made earlier I think many of you of why are we such a safe community um, it has to do with a lot of these folks too um, who spend a lot of extra time um, going and getting that education so um, we've got a great department. Uh, I know the uh, subcommittee reports but just a couple of quick Uh, Hits on meetings coming up August 2nd at 7 o'clock is the joint budget subcommittee meeting for all of those folks that are watching that were concerned uh, about School finance this year um, This is your next meeting to come to so hopefully folks will attend this Uh, it'll be hybrid of course Uh, But August 2nd the joint budget subcommittee meeting will meet August 16th will be an EDC meeting where we'll hopefully be talking about the snow removal issue that has been on the minds of many counselors Um, And also that night uh, on August 16th on the council meeting, there'll be more goals checked off uh, from the council that night, uh, just to uh, kind of uh, hopefully whet everybody's appetite. Uh, The DPW will be here to talk about their, about the water tank uh, master plan. They will be here that night to talk about major project updates in town, including the Beaver Street Interceptor and the Grove Street Reconstruction Project, as many others, just to give a PR to the community. And they will also be here with their pavement management plan, with the sidewalk plan, and the town parking lot asset plan. So, for you infrastructure junkies, this is your night. If you also are. Going to... <laughs> we're going to clap for ADUs, we're going to clap for that. <laughs> okay. And also, that night, uh, the chair has committed. Um, to making sure that we re emphasize some of the slides that were talked about earlier in the budget season, uh, where we'll talk about the process uh, and how you process and procedure for an override. In addition, I offered at the budget hearings an important conversation with the town attorney as well about campaign finance rules, ethics rules and all the other open meeting laws, state rules, relative to overrides. This is complicated stuff. I know all of you got an email this week about what happened in Brookline. Right. Uh, But this is serious. And so I hope those of you that are out there, again, for the override junkies that are really into school finance, again, this is another meeting that people should really either come to, attend, tune into, or you can visit any of these meetings on YouTube afterwards and stream the content later. So we don't take summers off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, FOR THE PUBLIC TO UNDERSTAND, THE COUNCIL, PLANNING BOARD, SCHOOL COMMITTEE, WE'RE STILL WORKING HARD, RIGHT? SO HERE ARE SOME OTHER MEETINGS IN AUGUST FOR PEOPLE TO LOOK FORWARD TO um, WITH SOME HUGE COMMUNITY PROJECTS. THANK YOU.
0: THANK YOU. THANK YOU, JAMIE. AND, AGAIN, uh, REPEATING you. SOME OF WHAT WILL BE DISCUSSED IN THE JOINT BUDGET SUBCOMMITTEE, HAVING that discussed again at the council meeting I thought I felt was very important which is why I asked Jimmy to make sure it was on the agenda so that everybody hears it more than once and there are some people that will come to the Joint Budget Subcommittee that will watch the Joint Budget Subcommittee meeting that may not come to the council meeting and vice versa so uh, hitting them both sides I felt, was very important so Okay, uh, subcommittee reports. Capital, I don't believe you no, no uh, EDC? No, Jamie already said one of the mm, next meetings. Yeah, so took, he, he, took the me. he took the uh, <laughs> uh, budget subcommittee. He took mine too <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the uh, August 2nd meeting. Uh, certainly, it's one, people, if you're interested in what we're looking at for the next few years. This is this is the meeting to begin to come to. Mm-hmm. It's just the start of it, but the <coughs> very importance is uh, meeting. So uh, please show up or tune in. Doctor Advisory Board, Councillor Frangelo.
7: Yeah, so uh, DEFRA Advisory Board itself won't be meeting uh, during the summer, but we'll be meeting again in September. Um, But we are still getting our monthly uh, administrator uh, updates. And uh, that includes, um, there will be a, I'm going to get information out to everyone as soon as uh, we have it. uh, But they're scheduling um, a a feedback opportunity a sort of town hall, if you will, of uh, operations to receive feedback of operations. So let you know when that is, how to access that, um, and get that out to as many people as we can. I will say, an incident uh, came up uh, at the Senior Center, uh, and this is one of a a few in uh, one theme, so just so you guys are all aware, um, there's, uh, in particular, uh, seniors with dementia have difficulty Mm -hmm. with the new busing system, which is essentially uber if you will or you know you dial it you, they come pick you up and they uh, drop you off um, it when it works really well it's because there's a good bus driver who knows the community knows the people uh, knows that this is someone that might not be in the exact location Pick up, we'll find them get them to the bus and make sure that they get uh, to their destination where it doesn't work so well especially when you have a, a new driver uh, who might show up at the wrong or not, uh, they, they might not come all the way there. They take off, and then we leave someone stranded who forgets where they are, or who doesn't, who just drops them off on the nearest corner and they forget uh, where they're going. This has come up um, a few times. We had a senior uh, dropped off and that was found by a, a police officer. This is all said. Uh, it is being uh, addressed. Um, Gatra was very responsive. Um, and we're just setting up a, a series of meetings uh, between the Senior Center uh, and GATRA to improve, particularly, uh, um, how we deal with uh,
0: seniors with dementia through uh, operations. So I'll keep you guys posted uh, as solutions come forward. Thank you, Councilor Frondillo. Just a quick question yeah. uh, Are you finding the communication with GATRA easier uh, on recent?
7: Yeah, uh, I- Because I know
0: prior, prior people that have sat in this position- Yes. Council of library, was not so easy <laughs> under the former administration. Yeah,
7: I have uh, I've never had to wait more than a day for a thorough response from the administrators team uh, and I think, think the senior center uh, for their operation frustrations uh, would say the same in terms of response. Yeah. Great.
0: Thank you.
5: you. Councilor DeLock. Do you know how they contract negotiations Did they sign a
7: contract? Because I know it's coming up. Yeah. um, I can get that, I can get that. I'm just kind of curious.
0: I haven't heard
7: of anything, so I was just kind of curious.
5: Maybe shoot
0: an email to Jamie. Jamie can send it out to everybody.
7: Yeah, I don't know know how it is. They could have settled, I don't know, so. Yeah, well, I, I also, we don't employ the driver's Directly employ a third party Myers, right. director. Right. And uh, I know
6: them and
7: they're on, on, the, on the print. So I'm just yeah,
0: I believe it. It. Yeah. Thank you, Councillor Frangillo. Master Plan Committee, Councillor Jones.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. We last met on June 28th, our next uh, official meeting, uh, since it's the summer, only meeting once a month. Uh, we'll be meeting next Wednesday, July 26th at 6.30. 30. Uh, things are moving along well. Uh, we really going to start picking up those
0: Thank you, Councilor Jones. Uh, Davis there, Reuse Advisory Committee.
11: <coughs> Councilor Pleyber. Yes, we had our first meeting last night. It went very well. Um, we have some new people on the committee which are very, very good, very interested in participating. And we, we, Jamie had invited Castle Booth. is that how you say and it? Castle Booz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike D'Angelo, and there were I'd say probably six or seven residents that were there. They gave their opinions on what they thought would be a good, um, good thing for the Davis Fair School. So, I had suggested at the beginning of the meeting for everyone to just have an open mind um, and said myself that, you know, I came uh, as wanting to be on the committee because I wanted to see affordable housing and veterans. And I said, I have now changed my opinion to be set and go. Uh, I wanted to um, listen to what everyone has to say and everybody be open-minded. And we really didn't ask for everybody to give their ideas yet because it was just the first meeting. Mm-hmm. So we got our booklets, tons of reading to do, and it was interesting when we spoke to the gentleman from Castle Bulls to tell us um, almost what could be done, what couldn't be done, what would need to be done. Um, if we were going to gut it all, or um, put an elevator in, and, oh, I mean, it was just overwhelming to hear all of this. It really was. If you get a chance to watch it on um, Franklin TV, um, it, it would be good. It would be good to do. So our next meeting is going to be in August. I believe it's going to be the 15th, yeah, the fifty busy time right then and
0: there, you know, with all of Completed. that. But uh, <laughs> we have until the end of the year, and I'm sure we're going to be getting our um, assessments all set. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Councilor Fulham. Okay, moving on. Future agenda items. Councilor Hamlin. Nothing at this time. Nothing. At this time. Councilor Frongillo. Nothing at this time. Councilor Sheridan. Uh, Could we get an update about the? uh South Media House. Sure, sure, we can get in, can get in Anything else? No. Councilor, Councilor Uh, Nothing
12: at
11: this time. Councilor Chandler.
12: Nothing at this time.
0: Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Nothing
12: at this time. <coughs> Councilor
0: Jones. Mm, no, sir. <laughs> Councilor DeLarco. Mm,
5: nothing at this time.
0: Okay. Councilor comments. Councilor Frangillo. Nothing this time. Councilor Hamlet. Uh,
13: thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I just wanted to let everyone know that because of the great work that the Franklin um, Farmer's Market Manager, Lauren Kloos, has done, the SNAP program now, they have a match. Now it's doubled, so $20 match now for, for the program at the, um, the Franklin Farmer's Market. So thank you, Lauren, for all your hard work. Um, also, there is, I think there's a concert on the Common this Friday along with the farmer's market. Um, tomorrow is Council, uh, I think that's our, our office hours at the Senior centers tomorrow. Um, so if anybody wants to come and talk to Jeff Roy again for another hour, they can come <laughs> in <and> like if <laughs> you have more questions for him. Um, and um, we will see you all in, um, well, I'll see you guys in July, but in next week, but anyways. Um, we will see you all in August, I guess, right? I yes. will for a lot. For a lot. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Schardes.
10: Nothing at this
11: time.
12: Councilor Chandler. Through you, Mr. Chairman. Two things I am going to say have like already been said tonight, but repetition is the mother of all learning, so I'll say it again. Um, August 1st, your election papers, please be first in line Um, and again please come to the budget subcommittee because I couldn't have said it better than you Mr. Chairman thank you. Thank you Councilor Chairman.
0: Councilor Plegman. Councilor
10: Cornelia. ledger Thank you Mr. Chairman I want to first thank our legislative delegation for coming out tonight I thought they did a fantastic presentation um, and thank you to everybody for uh, such such great work on the agenda. Um, I don't think I'm the only person in town that is a little bit alarmed at the growing number of uh, panhandlers that are coming, particularly in Stop and Shop Plaza, and I'm not concerned that they're asking people for money. I'm concerned at the situation that they're in, and I'm concerned that maybe they're not getting the services that they need and I'm particularly concerned that they're standing at a busy intersections with babies. So I don't know, Jamie, if you could ask the you know, the folks that help with social services at the senior center or maybe our police officers or yeah. and I it, it's it's just it's getting to a point that they're stepping out into traffic and stuff mm-hmm. in Shaw Plaza. The woman is there almost every day. She has a baby in a carriage with an umbrella over the baby in this heat, and I think we can do better. And I would like, you know, to be able to get them the, the help that they need. So um, I'm not sure if I will see you tomorrow for office hours because it is my birthday. Um, but, but but maybe I celebrated my birthday with you last year here at a town council meeting. So maybe I have nothing better to do. I'm not sure. Uh, um, and on a personal note. Um, I will ask for everyone to at least keep me in your thoughts and prayers because I am taking a road trip to Canada with my parents, um, which is not easy uh, to take um, 80-year-old folks in a car for eight hours to try to retrace my dad's roots in New Brunswick. Um, so you, you, all, you all nod and say, oh, how nice, and, uh, and, and you know, I have to be the one in the car. With more to come on that, and we could, could very easily have an international incident on our hands because we're going to Canada. Um, but we're, we're, we're trying to stay positive. You'll uh, get we, 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 we will sure try. We'll look forward for a I told, I've already like clued my dad in that if it is the final trip that we will find a nice spot for him up there with some nice flowers and it's all good um, anyway, thank you, Mr. Jones.
0: <laughs> thank you, Councilor <laughs>
10: Councilor Jones, yeah, that
0: sounds like follow that. Ted, that. Yeah,
10: that sounds like a great birthday present. Yeah. I know I to say Happy I, 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 I'll, I'll happily give you my ticket? <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, just got a couple quick things, Mr. Oh, Chairman. I know it's getting late. I, okay. I did want to bring up the fact that, um, you know, in the process of people learning more and more about um, how things work, being an educator, I think Patrick can agree with me on this, that education is key learn as much as you can. I want to give a shout out to Steve Sherlock from from, uh, Franklin Matters um, who has a absolute plethora of information that is archived at Franklin Matters that you can go back and find a ridiculous amount of useful information in regards to just you name it. Because I went all the way back to 2008, 2009, on many of the archived information, just try to look some information up, and I found this wonderful uh, list of of, uh, debt exclusions and and overrides, etc. it's all detailed, so much information here. Frank Frank O'Malley is a great resource for that, Uh, Steve Sherlock, thanks for all the hard work that you put in, I know it's all volunteer. Uh, The other thing, of course, I want to bring it up again, I mentioned it earlier, is congratulations to Frank for being uh, ranked number two, the safest in the country, and One more thing, I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, This is something that, to me, is a big deal uh, because it makes me so proud of my cadets. As many of you know, I belong to the U.S. Naval Sea Cadet Corps, Massachusetts Bay Division, and I just got word last week from my commanding officer and from the regional uh, director that the Massachusetts Bay Division of the U.S. Naval Sea Cadet Corps has been ranked number one in the nation out of 396 units. And that's that is that that is a true testament to the cadets because it really truly is the cadets that make this program work. Um, they are such wonderful kids uh, and where our hope with the program is to continue to uh, to, help, to continue to build their leadership skills, provide them the, the, the extensive amount of training that we provide and 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 make them into great uh, future leaders. Thank you Mr. Thank
0: Michael. you Councillor Jones. Councillor Delorco. Thank
3: you, Mr. Chairman. I'll make it short.
5: Um, a couple things. Um, I'd like to uh, give my condolences to the Van Bort family. Uh, Brett was um, one of my football players. He was only 27 years old, and he was in his last year of medical school. I'm not sure what happened, but he did pass away a couple weeks ago. Um, and he lost his father two years ago in a tragic car accident. So that family's had some really bad luck the last couple of years. Um, he's a great kid. Um, I told him I was so proud of him when he was going to medical school at his father's funeral. But I'm not sure what happened. Nothing's come up yet. Uh, I just talked to Debbie. That was it. Um, but that's a very sad, sad thing at 27 years old. and your last year of medical school, you know. So, um, and the other thing, um, Jamie, uh, can you have Mike, the engineer, call me? I, I, I was up at Charles Drive Sunday, and I got pictures of these poor people, 6 Charles Drive and 8 Charles Drive. Their flip flops are floating down, down, down the road. And Walsh Construction came out and did admit that they made the road too hot. Right. So we gotta, we, gotta do, we gotta do something. All right. uh, you, you know what I mean? <coughs> I mean, Pat, Pat next door, her husband worked for, for the town of Franklin for 30 years. <coughs> when she gets it just as bad. They're going to put a new driveway in four. But I think it's something to do with elevation. They, they can do that over there. but they, I think Mike's talking about putting a drain in their driveway, but I'm not sure. Uh, just have Mike give me a call so I can talk, nice to be, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah it is it, it is comical singing this stuff. Bye bye, but They're all, they're not, you know, they're all, they're not really mad, they just. They just know, want to put yeah. flops back. They just, yeah,
6: they, they just <laughs> wanted <laughs> it. They just wanted things, <laughs> and I yeah. can't blame
5: them. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, have they, haven't, they,
6: haven't,
5: they haven't been yelling, so. <laughs> but that's it, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thank you, Councilman Delarco. Uh yeah. I just have a couple of very quick things. Uh, on a personal note, I just to wish my wife a continued speedy recovery. She had some emergency surgery last week. And also wish my sister, who is in Italy in a hospital, She had some emergency surgery uh, in the last couple of days of their trip to Europe. So she's still in the hospital in Italy, recovering. And again, to uh, offer my condolences to the FSPA family, who uh, one of the band members who uh, has been at the school since it opened, uh, teaching and has traveled with the Europe group and the Disney group since its inception. Uh, Got home Monday night from the trip. The whole group got home very late. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, he passed away. So it's been a difficult week. uh, But uh, hopefully my wife and my sister continue to improve. And again, condolences to the FSBA family who lost a very near and dear friend. Uh, And lastly, on a positive note, just want to say congratulations to Joe Conaghan and Paul uh, Kornick. July 4th celebration was a fantastic success. They had some weather issues, but uh, They uh, they did a great job. And uh, I think everybody really enjoyed the festival this this year. And with that, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed.
6: We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help?